Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Scab Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're talking about the Cultus Priestess Blue Flame event, Ooh, which should be ending here shortly, but we'll talk about the event and what it's brought to the community. Also, we'll be talking about Aim Punch as Giga is hooking up a sick video. I'm excited to hear about what he's got <laughs> to say about that. And we'll talk about a new Tarkov contender. You know, we're always keeping an eye on that. <laughs> Just an interesting. To see what other studios do. And then I got some topics to talk about as far as something's off with Tarkov for me. And I can't put my finger on it. And I'm going to be talking about AI and the modding community. Some really cool stuff that I've been digging into and learning more about. And then finally we'll be going over a few comments at the end if we got time. So yeah, Giga, how's your week been? What you been getting into, man? You've been messing around with Sriracha? Well, you know what's funny is that I was just kind of like... This event is, it's cool and it's good, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sure if I'm really, I don't know, I'm just like not really in the mood to be doing it. I feel like very much, you know, I want to continue finishing off the things that I'm doing kind of mm-hmm. mode and not getting distracted by the event or whatever. Because like the event's fine, but it's also quite hard as a solo. Like you expect to kind of die quite a bit because like as soon as you start shooting at their cult dudes, then you end up, you know, you invoke the wrath. Like I, I had, I had one where... I went and did it, and I was like, oh, one of the guys has run away, and then I ended up just getting, like, Lugard from, like, a million miles away, and I was like, oh, this is just... It's it's a bit painful, so... What I've ended up doing is I've... i basically just, like, been running maps and running my stuff without... without really thinking about it too much, and then just, mm-hmm. like, interacting with the event, like, as and when it happens. Coincidentally, I've ended up playing quite a lot of Lighthouse, and ironically, Lighthouse, even though it's like a Zorachi event, Lighthouse seems like almost entirely unaffected. Like lots of people were saying, like, oh, like, I can't play. I can't wait until this event's finished. Like a lot of people are saying that the event's really good, but there's a few people who are like, you know, I can't task. It's really like putting a dampener on me just getting progression because it's like so hard to extract, which we'll come on to into, in a minute about exactly how the mechanics work. Um, but I was saying to people, look, if you, if you want to just play and you don't want, I know certain tasks, you need to go to certain maps, but if you just want to play and not be bothered by it, in the two streams that I've done on Lighthouse, I've only been affected by the ritual one time on both maps because I think Lighthouse of all the maps, like Zorachi just appears randomly somewhere and mm-hmm. it's very hard for people to find him because sometimes he's like in the rogue camp or he's like off in some, you know, back end of nowhere down by the, the waterline somewhere or, or something like that. And um, it's quite a, there's quite a lot of area, Lighthouse. And so it's quite hard to find people on it, but it's, in places where you wouldn't necessarily expect to go. Um, I mean, I know people have had issues like this on 
other maps as well, like Interchange. I think I, I went and raided Valley and he was playing with Jesse and they were scouring Interchange to try to find Garachi. <laughs> and they were having to just leave because they spent, you know, nearly the full raid in there. I was just like, just can't find the guy, which is pretty funny. So yeah, I've just been carrying on down the Lightkeeper quest line, <clears throat> which, is, which is good. Um, I ended up finding a final like CFDM radio whilst I was doing Assessment, which is the one where you have to kill 20... Like this one used to be the awful one, which was like 20 players around the bridge, and then they expanded it to be pretty much like 20 players anywhere south of the water treatment facility. And uh, we had some like cracking raids doing that. Um, got about 12 out of 20 so far, so we're doing all right. We had one raid where we got like five kills and then died, which is just insane. It's just like everybody showed up at the chalet, uh, which was pretty nuts. So it's been fun, but just carrying on with that. Once, once we're through that, basically the, only, the big blockers is assessment just because of the time commitment. Mm. And the other one is you need to get two SJ9 stims. Last wipe, I had two SG9s just from running Scav and the Moonshine box, but this wipe, I only have one. So we'll have to, you know, think about what to do, whether I actually am going to go to labs. Like, I, I technically kind of don't want to, well, there's nah, there a way around it. I was going to say, I, could, I do have a black key card, so I could go and do the room, but lots, everybody runs black because it's like, you know, the only good room on labs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just like highly contested. So I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Hopefully I'll get lucky in the next couple of days or something and, uh, I'll just get an SJ9 pop out of the the moonshine or whatever. So, yeah, we'll see. But that's yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, just Jeff, just chugging along, playing a lot of lighthouse, doing various things. Been having fun though. Been moved up to the good old RD. I'm level 44, and I'm I've actually got the game up. So I've I've got. I mean, we must be so close now. Yeah, I've got 36k XP left until 45. So I'm like so close to BP. Right. Um, and like throughout the wipe, I basically just collected BP slowly. Um, and so I think at this point now, if I like look at this magazine, I've still got, oh, okay, I've only got 56 left. I had like 350 or something BP. And I've been doing like 10 BPs in the top <laughs> of the mag, like five in the other two mags kind of thing. Right. Um, to like get through. But I've, I, you know, I've got 50 left and 30k XP. And then I'll be able to do Intimidator, which is, you know, incredibly easy. And then I'll be able to buy BP. So then it'll be much better. But, you know, stacking it with, the old PP, which is good. So I'm just like alternating between the RD and I'm like, I'm doing some experiments with um, high capacity mags as well, which is quite fun. And I'm like, like kind of looking into that at the moment because I think it's cool. So I'm like alternating between M4 60 rounder, M4 40 rounder, RD 50 rounder, RD 40 rounder. The RD with the 40 rounder, I think is actually quite underrated. Um, it's actually, it's pretty decent. And I've been 40 rounder. Mm. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, because those the AK seven six two forty rounder, yeah, right, um, because it's like I mean the RD doesn't really need it, but the drum has like fifteen ergo negative, mm-hmm. um, whereas the the forty on it, like because the RD shoots quite slowly, right, so it's not that bad. The forty's got minus seven, so you get an extra eight ergo for taking the forty rather than the fifty, and it shoots pretty slowly, so it still feels like you've got plenty of bullets. But then you've got the whole one by three problem. So then I've been pairing it with the Osprey from Peacekeeper, or the class five, because I think it's the only one. Probably is. I mean, maybe the only one you can buy with a three by one that's a rig and armored and class five, I believe. Because like the CPC, you could get the ACPC, but you have to complete long line. Right. Right. I mean, you still need to do Peacekeeper mission to get the Osprey. But I did do that because that was part of the Lightkeeper requirement. So. Um. And there's something else that we'll come on to because like everything's got really super pricey. Like everything's gone completely insane. But the Osprey is cash purchase. So normally in normal mm-hmm. times, you're like, oh, this looks really expensive. It's 
right now it's like 1,440, which is about 212K. So it's quite a lot. But like at the minute, that actually seems quite fair because everything else has gone like this and it's a cash purchase from the traders. It just stayed the same. So it doesn't actually seem too bad. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. It's uh, been fun, actually. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. But I've just not felt like... I see people going and farming the cultists and taking red key cards and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, most people are doing it in squat, in groups. So I'm like, yeah, it's, you could do it solo, but it's just, it's just kind of hard. I guess we should probably say about like how the event has ended up going because I keep referencing it, but I haven't mentioned it yet. Or I haven't talked about it properly. So last week, the Halloween event was starting. We had the pumpkins of flea market, you know, rupturing. Right. That was basically the only, only interesting thing about it. This time, this week, at some point, I can't remember when it started, Tuesday, I think it was, they've added the real Halloween event, which is one of the biggest hoggers, W, win, BSG, <laughs> you know, based event that we've had, I think, so far. Lots of people really, really like it. So what happens is you're playing the game, any map, except for Factory and Labs, any map except for Factory and Labs, Zorachi will appear somewhere where scavs spawn on the map, somewhere. A player has to find Zarachi and kill him. Well, you don't have to kill him, actually. But if, if you do kill him, then it starts this thing called um, the Ritual. And it shows up in the extracts. And what happens is the, the sky goes completely dark. An extra like extract appears. It's not actually an extract, but it's where it shows up. It's, it's called Ritual. And um, it's got like a five-minute timer, I think. And somewhere on the map, the Ritual appears. And it's got a big blue light that goes up into the sky. And it comprises of, I think, six cultists. I don't know if that number's variable, to be honest, because huh. I've not farmed it that much. But I think there's about six cultists, and they all stand around this blue light, and they're all doing this like weird praying animation, which is quite cool. They've like, added this specific yeah. thing to the game. I think it's pretty sick. And the idea is you can either go and kill all the cultists. If you shoot them and don't kill them, like, they seem to have a lot of HP. I don't know whether that's just like cultists just having a lot of HP. I should probably actually go and check. Um, I think they because- do have a... I think they have quite a bit because I, I was firing at them over a reasonable distance with like 5.5A1. Five, five, now, to be fair, they only have 50 head HP. Like I was shooting, maybe I was, maybe it was zeroing or something. I was like a decent distance away. But they've got 200 thorax. That, that could explain it. But I feel like I shot these guys like six times and they just didn't die. They're just mm. not dying. But anyway, I killed what I killed. I think I killed three of them. What I killed two. The last guy, I shot at him, but he like ran away from the circle. And then another, and then a cultist appeared where he was standing. I thought that that cultist was the one that I'd shot at who'd returned to the circle. It turned out he was actually running to kill me and, um, yeah, lugered me from Jupiter up the cliffs, which was very, very annoying. So you can go and just kill all the cultists and farm them. So they have, you know, they have all the knives on them. If you want to complete that knife quest, I don't think it's really required for anything, but if you want to collect like the 10 cultist knives, you can do that very easily during this quest if you want to. And... You have the chance for all sorts of stuff, you know, different armors, like meta you know, hex grids and things like that, as well as, you know, yeah, colored key cards in their pockets, things like that. So people are like farming them. Um, but if you do let them complete the ritual mm-hmm. after those five minutes, then what happens is they end up spawning Vengeful Zorachi, which is basically like a reincarnated version of Zorachi, which is absolutely insane. And he has 6,666 HP <laughs> on every limb. So he's got something like 48,000 HP total, something completely bonkers like that. And he, I, I don't know how the mechanic works exactly, but he hunts down all the other players on the map from that point. There was only one extract, as we said. So everyone gets like forced through one extract. 
And I believe that he does actually just teleport to you and just start hitting you with his mm. melee weapon. So he doesn't have a cult like poison dagger or anything. So he doesn't it doesn't kill you straight away with the poison or anything. So you can, you know, take quite a few hits from him, but he will just run after you and melee you. And I have seen some people, if you get too far away from him, then he will pull out like, you know, an arse ass or something and just murder your ass, which is pretty insane. Um to make matters worse, if you're like close to Zarachi, your gun won't fire. You get a hundred percent jam chance on your weapons. Now, whether this was intended or not, people have actually been able to kill Zarachi, and I don't know whether this was BSG's oversight or whether this was an intended thing that people were supposed to figure out to be able to to get him. But there are various weapons in the game that don't jam. You know, I've documented them before, and it typically involves basically weapons that have got non-standard uh a non-standard mechanism. So the PPSH can't jam in the actual main game, and so it can't jam near Zarachi. Double barrel shotgun can't jam. The revolver shotty. Uh, I mean, I presu- presumably the revolver grenade launcher. I, d- I don't know, but the, you know, <laughs> those ones are really the main ones. So people have been able to kill him because I was like, well, how are you even going to kill him? Even if you do have the PPSH, that's crazy. But apparently, he doesn't have any armor on at all, and so you can either shoot him in the thorax or the head. And because all the limbs have six, 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 you only have to do only. You only have to do like you know, just over six and a half thousand damage to Thorax to kill him, which you can do if you have like a drum mag, PPSH, and you use LRNPC. I mean, I don't even know how many that is. Like six, 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 six divided by I think what's LRNPC? Is it fifty-eight or something? Something like that. So you have to shoot them one hundred and twenty times. You know, so there's like two drums, and you can probably kill him if you shoot him all in the thorax, something like that. Or you have two people. It's, you know, it's eminently doable. So people have done that. He doesn't really have any loot on him. So you are like from a, a gaming, um, like trying to maximize the event, you are better off just killing the cultists and taking their stuff, stopping the event. And then once you, I think if you stop the event, everything goes back to normal, which is good. But uh, yeah, people have been doing some funny stuff with Vengeful Savachi. I saw one clip on Reddit that was absolutely hilarious, which was the guy had him chasing him on woods, managed to keep <laughs> close enough to him that he was using his melee and he managed to extract out of the scav PMC joint extract by running uh, around in the area for 20 seconds with the guy like hitting him. That's smart. But he, su- he managed to survive and stay alive long enough that they both extracted together, which is just like, what a weird interaction of well, mechanics. I, that's weird because I thought the ex- there was only one extract. What do you mean? There's only one extract available. Yeah, so it was the, that it was, I think it was the, the, I guess, well, I wonder actually, hmm, that's a good point. I wonder maybe, maybe if the co-op one was the only one that was available. I mean, that seems crazy, but maybe it was. Maybe the co-op one's also available. I don't know. Um, that's a good point, though. I'm not maybe sure. that I didn't one's really just, like, that. always on? Maybe it was always right. on, or maybe it was bugged and worked anyway. I'm not sure. Right. I don't really know. Um, yeah, one weird thing about it is that, yeah, with the... I think having one X-Fill is probably the biggest criticism of the event, if there mm. was going to be any. That and... The fact that it's just permanently on all the maps like they've done it in the past where there's been a map rotation you could do like half the maps and then the other half the maps so you could like opt out of the event if you wanted i think or at least like leave one map where it's not happening i think mm. that's usually quite a good idea um for people who just like really don't want to play it but broadly speaking it's been pretty well received and yeah the, the extract timer by the way for the extract that is open is goes up from five five seconds or whatever it is to like 20 seconds it's like really long you're like sat in the extract for ages so you can be I was going to say easily camped. I, there was one raid where it was, it was actually the second raid. So the first raid, which was the one that you were showcasing on the screen, 
That was the one where I found the cultists after the event had started and shot at them and died. The second one was like in the following stream where the event you know, got activated or whatever and uh, the ritual was activated and Southern Road was the only extract available on Lighthouse, which is quite a niche extract. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, we need assessment kills anyway. Like, let's just, let's just exfil camp this thing. Like, why not? You know, I don't, I don't care. Let's just do it. And, um, you know, I sat there for like, by the time I got there, I sat there for like the three minutes that the ritual was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, ritual completed or something. And everyone was like, you need to get out now because Ivachi's like, he's going to be coming. And nobody came. So presumably just like either people had left already, but it wasn't that far into the raid. Like, so people either left or like everyone died. <laughs> Except for me. Which is pretty nuts. Because, I mean, if, Southern, if, you're not, if you're up by the road camp, Southern Road is a long-ass way. Well, how much time was left on the road? When you left? Um, I would have to go and check. I can't remember. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it was... But I guess it wasn't, a, like, it wasn't too far through. I guess it's failed, then... You know, it's likely no one's there, I would guess. Or maybe there's someone, but they're going to die eventually, right? Yeah, because they'll have Zorachi chasing after them forevermore with his, like, billion HP. And unless you just so happen to have a revolver on you, or a PTSD. Can you outrun him with, like, stems? I think you can outrun him, yeah. I think you can can outrun him anyway. I don't think he goes that fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like a normal I think he he just walks with the knife. Oh, okay. uh, But if you go too far away, he shoots you. So you kind of have to, like, kite him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Otherwise he just guns you down. I believe. Like, I've, I've not actually fought against Evil Zarachi at the moment. But uh, I've, only, I've only seen, like, I've seen a ton of clips of it, to be fair. I've only, but I've only seen the cult guys, because, like, you don't really have any incentive in <coughs> bringing him into play if you right. have the option, right? Like, you really just want to kill the cult people. Unless, oh, the only, yeah. The only other be an thing. agent of chaos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could, you could do that. Or, um, or you're just interested to see what he has. But I think people already did it, and like he doesn't really have anything. He's just got his special mask for the event, but that's about it. And the other thing is that there was a bunch of people who were like unable to see the blue light. So they just couldn't this. figure out where the cult thing was. There's like, they're like, where is it? And it's just, they can't see it. And apparently it's like an LOD setting thing. If you don't have your LOD set at some uh... like normal amount, then you may not be able to see it. I don't think that necessarily is always true. But I did see some people saying that that was a fix for it because I keep mine somewhere in the center. I think I've got my my LOD settings are like three and a half, which is like the one just from the top, and like mm. two thousand for overall visibility. So it was never really a problem for me. But yeah, apparently that is an issue for some people. So, but yeah, otherwise good event to be honest. Good event. Yeah, I watched um, Leviticus at a he posted a video about it uh, recently. And, um, yeah, he said, like, he really enjoyed it because <laughs> he made a comment, like, uh, it turns out when you incentivize people to move out and ra- move around the map, they move, <laughs> which kind of, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny to me, but, um, yeah, you know, and I think it's, um, I, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think that because of that, like, because people have been playing like pretty cautiously this wipe. I reckon there's just a lot of people. I reckon net worths are probably higher than ever. People just aren't spending that much money on the kits, right? There's a lot of SVT use and stuff like that. You so said net worths are higher than ever? Yeah, I think people oh, okay. are just sat on like tons of money. Hmm. This will like lead into, well, I'm going to talk about the economy. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then, like, I mean, I kind of, because I, I, you know, I didn't play the event. I mean, it was kind of intriguing, but just the thought of playing Tarkov Vanilla right now is just not, mm. not in the cards for me. Um, but watching him, you know, him talk about and explain it, it's, it is, uh, like, he was like, it was, it was great, except for one thing, which was the one extract. I mean, there was a few other things, but that was, like, the big gripe, because then, like, it just makes it so easy to extract him, you know? I just, yeah. like, I really... Like, I just hate, like, it's, uh, you, I, I guess the only reason, like, if you just need gear, then, like, extra camp's super viable, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if you actually need those health skills, then it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, so. also, like, it's only, the way, what, the way that I put it is, you only get five minutes once the ritual begins. You mm-hmm. don't know what extract it's going to be. So it's kind of hard to like set up for it, if you know what I mean. And then once the ritual is successful, you're also at risk from evils of Archie as well. So I don't think like extract camping is doable, but it's not like it is in the regular game. You know, like you could just play interchange or just park up at Emicom and just wait. Like mm-hmm. it's not like that because you have to like guess the extract and you also might get stabbed by turbos of Archie yourself. So yeah. I don't think it's necessarily too bad. I just, I just don't think it was necessary to have the extracts all open like that. I think I that's know. the point. Is like, it's why mm. why have it one extract? Like like, um, in the event that it fails, I you know can kind of see some logic there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if you're successful in stopping the event, why is it still one extract? Because then it just like. Yeah. Just hyper incentivizes people to, <laughs> to to use the that situation to their advantage. Now that's uh, something I can't remember. If you stop the thing and it goes back today, I actually can't remember if the extracts reopen. I can't remember. It's still the they still say this. They still say closed. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that was probably the case, but yeah, that's uh, they should just reopen. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Otherwise, it, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. I think they did a really good job too. I I love the animations they do and the they're really, you know, <laughs> really poking at that blue flame and the nice guys mm. flipping this shit right now. But uh it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it is good. It is good. So the interesting sort of follow-on effect for that is in-game economy which Right now is is cra- it, honestly it's crazy, really insane at the moment, and it's because there's kind of like a push and pull effect happening. It's like a supply effect and a demand effect both at the same time, which is really like, and it's across the whole econ of Tarkov. It's not even like certain items are worse than others for sure, and some items are kind of, I would say at best items are like unaffected. Something like moonshine is kind of like unaffected by mm-hmm. this. Everything so else here. is like strictly more expensive, like like piles of meds, like anything, like anything medical, any gear, uh, crafting inputs. Like right, it's, right. it's just like it's so broad. It's crazy. It's crazy how this has worked. And basically, what's happened is this is sort of what I alluded to by saying that we've probably got like high net worth. And I've got people in chat saying like, "Yeah, I got like fifty mil." You know, I've I've got fifty mil. I've been semi focusing on money a bit just for the hell of it. Um, I've got like tons of cash, you know, you see 
various people who've just got like loads and loads and loads of money. And I think, yeah, people have been playing quite cautiously and have got a ton of money. And now this is like the first big PvP event where you can get like mad loot and loot that's not even purchasable, right? You can go for cultists, you can get key cards off them, you can get like hex grids and class sixes and things, things that are just like annoying or hard to get normally. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and good PvP, and people are moving around because they want to go in for the PvP. So everybody's like turned up with their like vast wads of cash right. and they're just spending money on the PvP gear. And so you go from something like the ULAC, which I mean, I like a month ago, I would say the ULAC was probably 80 to 90,000 rubles, mm-hmm. something like that. And I brought up, oh, I did, I did have it somewhere. Did I put it on a different, oh, I put it on a different, uh, different browser that we put up here. Yeah. So the ULAC, uh, da, 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 seven days ago was 115K on average. Um, and then the last, like, well, Wednesday, let's see, that was the, the, the peak for ULACs going for 230,000 each black ULACs. Absolutely insane. It has come down a little bit since then, but it's still like, you know, it's you're going to be paying like 150 for ULAC. If I, if I look like right now on the flea, I'm going to see exactly what they're pricing at right this minute at some random time of the day. Um, yeah. So it's basically 130,000 is what you could be paying for. Um, which is mad. And so, yeah, they've been selling out on the trader. Like, everything's just been going crazy. Like, I do... Uh, one of the, my favorite crafts in the hideout is the DVD drive into um, circuit boards. DVD drives have been pricing at, like, 30k sometimes. That you can't do the Magbox craft anymore for the, from the blue, the blue fuel containers because nuts and bolts are literally 30,000 each, if not more. Like, everything's gone crazy. Yeah. And so, as well as everybody going and buying all of the good gear and it just driving all the prices of all those things up. The reason why all the inputs are expensive is because scavs are having a hard time getting out of the, out of the raid because yeah, lighthouse is relatively unaffected, but people scav on all kinds of maps, right? Like woods or customs mm-hmm. or whatever. And people are getting like stung by the, like they go in, they loot some stuff. And then there's the, then one X fill appears. They either can't get out or they run out early or they die to Zerachi, or whatever, right? Or they just die to players, because there's PvP people who are, like, geared everywhere, just, like, looking for Shift-W kill opportunities rather than looting. The PMCs probably aren't looting, because they're looking for cultists. So it's, like, the whole economy's just, like, shifted, right? There's, like, there's less supply of these items. There's more demand for all right. of those, like, high-end things. And so the whole thing is just, like, shifted up like crazy. It's, uh, it's absolutely mental. I think, like, yeah, if you want to be... Um, yeah, I think even, even though Golden Stars... I've gone up a lot. I think Golden Stars are now like nearly 90k, 100k. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I bought some for 100k the other day. If you want to buy Propitols, you're looking at 30... And bearing in mind, people don't really like the painkiller effect. You're now looking at basically just under 35k per Propitol. Yeah, so which is the stars, highest I've seen it. They're, they're at the price they used to be normally before the painkiller changes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's because of the Propitol price, I think, and because of the crafts, because... Um, you can basically craft a stack of seven propitols and make 238,000 rubles down, yeah. which is a lot. So golden stars and ibuprofens have gone up because those are the inputs. Um, I also think that people are starting to realize that being, well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. Like I did the stims guide um, recently. This is the last video that I did. And it really is a, a sort of toss up between, do I want my peripheral vision? Do I want to have a black leg? Like, you know, if I get a black leg, and I'm not pre-pained, I'm basically dead unless I'm behind cover. So if I'm out in the open, I'm just going to die. Like even, a, even trying to pop adrenaline in two seconds, often is like too long. It's already too long. You're already dead, right? If you've got black light, unless it's an instant thing, two seconds is already enough time to put somebody to just mag dump you and, and kill you. 
So Golden Stars, yeah, they're like 80, 84 at the moment, but I think they're claiming for like 95. And ibuprofens are ibuprofens. They're like 64K. Yeah. So it's this Golden Star thing that's like driving, sorry, Propital thing that's driving everything up. But uh, yeah, everything, everything's mad expensive. Like Aces, I think they were going for the, the therapist price at one point. They erased the phased arrays. They're like 200 and something thousand rubles each because I think they're part of the Zabralo barter, I think. I can't remember if there's another thing, but it's the Zabralo barter. People are, you know, anything that's gear related is just going completely bonkers. So I, actually, there's one interesting. Let's see what the contact falls are worth. Oh my God. Contact falls are kind of like the bellwether of chattiness. Yeah, so those headsets are 220,000 each now. Which is insane. That's insane. I think even the XLs are super expensive. The XL headset, which is like, you know, that's like these all sell at the trader price thing because of the various charts that people have come out with about like which headsets uh which distance. At the moment, they're at a hundred thousand rubles. Yeah. For a set of like second tier like they're good, don't get me wrong, but they're like second right. tier headsets. So yeah, if you do go in and do manage to scrape some stuff out you make a ton of money now um i advise as i said i advise going on to lighthouse because hardly anybody is on that map there's loads of high value items on that map it's easy to get out as a scav actually and uh i mean i've been playing it doing assessment and some of the raids where there's been nobody there we've been like a bitcoin a golden egg some bolts you know a couple of this that, and the other a few parts um a few weapons parts that are meta and just been getting out with tons of cash like I can't remember how much I had last week when we were talking, but I wouldn't be surprised if I made 10 mil since last week. Just Sorry. playing Lighthouse. Give me two seconds. Be right. Sure. Judges, <laughs> that's a whiz off super quickly. But yeah, all the items are so, so expensive at the moment. But yeah, if you could stay alive and if you could not die, then, you know, it's, it's good. And I think like a lot of the hideout crafts as well, if you can get the hideout crafts going in the right way, then it's all right. Like workbench-wise, I've just finished, well, you know, I was going to say, like doing the DVDs, uh, it's only 16K at the moment, but um, I think that's gone up because of the the PCBs are like 25,000, and that's because they're for uh, the 60 rounder barter. You need two PCBs and a GM counter to get a 60 rounder for an M4. People are doing that one a lot as well. Cost of living also hitting Tarkov. <laughs> yeah, proper inflation. But I do think it's just a ton of people with, with money just coming out of the woodwork to play the event. It's like finally getting people to actually use kits. Because like this has been, it's been the SVT wipe, you know? It's been the SVT wipe for sure. And people thinking, you know, what's the point of me taking in any gear because I just died to some guy with an SVT? But yeah, like water filters, for example, water filters are 160K. Okay, apologies. You're good? No worries. I was just saying about the water filter. The water mm. filter in the hideout is now 160,000 rubles. Wow. But that's because that's actually got, that's actually a weird effect. Okay, so this is like another weird thing. So I said like pretty much strictly everything's gone up or been unaffected. The one thing that did go down was sugar because they added the pumpkins and you get sugar out of the pumpkins. Right, right. So sugar right. got cheaper, but demand for moonshine stayed the same. And so what ended up happening was canisters for purified water went up to 180k and then sugars went down to sort of 40, 50. So moonshines are still 270, 280, but the water bit's gone up and so the filters are now more valuable. So you, could, you have to buy your filters for 140k, but then you could sell the water for 180 or 170 or you could craft moonshines, whichever. But I, I, I do find it interesting the way these things, you know, balance out. Yeah. 
But the player base is a very good sort of uh, test bed for economics in general. You can just see mm-hmm. what people do and why it ends up doing the things that it does because you know it's the it's the free market to some extent. It's it's a market with certain rules and certain restrictions, and mm-hmm. you you get to see the emergent player behavior for free, which is interesting and kind of fun. Um, oh yeah, also the, the fuel for the hideout has also gone crazy because I think that's like scavs mainly taking that stuff out because mm-hmm. usually as pmc you don't normally bother looting fuel it's usually yeah. not worth it like per slot you know the, the big one is six right. slots so it's like well, it's kind of hard Unless to take that out carry the weight of it yeah you six slots you got to carry the weight and like even if sometimes it's worth it usually the way that you stack your pmc is you've got you know you've got your bag and then it's filled with rigs with like space increase so even though it's like okay well it's yeah what is it worth to me well it's worth 1660 well, 166k, sorry. So that's like 27,000 per slot. But in order to take it, like I have to drop this rig. And, you know, if the rig is like a six to 10, like say, say you've even got something basic like the bank robber, that's like a six slot into 10 slot multiplier. I think, oh wait, no, it's eight to, no, I'm thinking of the CSA. They've got the CSA rig. That's eight slots into 12. And so any items that you've got in there are kind of like worth, half again as much of like the base of value but you, and you can't put the six slot fuel into anything you know so it's interesting how that kind of ends up ends up panning out and because it's scabs who are mainly taking these things out they're the ones who are having issues getting out because they're usually spawning later into the raid they're more likely to be affected by the ritual because that usually happens later on to the raid whereas like pmc you can get in and out relatively easily like blue fuels are now 130 metal fuels are 190 so we're back to like doing the barters slash buying them directly from jaeger you want to yeah, you want to max out your hideout, but it feels anyway. I, I, I don't know. I find this stuff super interesting. It's um, I'm always on the lookout for things like this. You get like big, I guess what would you call them? Like disruption events in the market for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and stuff just changes and shifts around. Um, and then you're like, oh, you know what? What am I going to do now? Like, should I should I craft something else? Should I go and loot different things? But uh, yeah, lighthouse has been working for me. If you want to make a ton of money, lighthouse is a good one. At the minute, it seems to be least affected by the event, and there's still it's still there's still good loot on lighthouse. People. I'm only like to play street stuff for Scav, but yeah, I think Lighthouse is still a certainly a good choice. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um I guess I guess it's kind of just rolling in to it's kind of a nebulous topic because I can't really put my finger on it. Mm. Um, as you know, I've been playing SP, Kharkov SP, I've been playing all, pretty much all week, and, um, you know, it's not the same experience as the Tarkov we know and love, but it's still, like, the similar beats, right? And yep. it's still, there's still this sense that, like, something's off with Tarkov, and, and like I said, it's a very nebulous thing, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's like... There's times where it just like it feels very tedious to play the game still, I guess is one aspect. Um like you when you're in the stash and you have to cuz I, I so I have like a 50 or 500 slots, right, in the stash. Mm-hmm. It's a standard account. So like 10 was it 10 was columns. it 10 by 13 or something? I can't remember. I think it's 10 by 50, I think. Oh no! Yeah, no, it's a lot, lot bigger, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Thirteen <laughs> would it's... be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be crazy. <laughs> but it's still kind of small, cause dude, it, I mean, like a rig takes up 
four by three. So I mean, it's just, and then it's so annoying because then like, it's like you're, I don't know, it's it's just a weird thing because it's it also it kind of also ties into grind, which like I don't mind grind mm. in games as long as the grind is engaging and obviously engagement's gonna like what people people's reaction to engagement's gonna like vary you know what i mean like you know I, somebody could say oh yeah I, I really like you know spending 30 minutes in my stash moving items around trying to fit everything in that's super engaging you know someone i'm sure someone could claim that and i guess that'd be valid but just for me it's just sometimes it's really annoying you know and it's like you you can't really do anything you know it's not yeah. like i can just like i have to I, like i have to i have to have the resource like i don't know it's like you're punished for keeping things but you need to keep a lot of things to craft stuff yeah. you know it's just like oh, i don't it's it's so there's like some weird i don't know that's like one aspect of it cuz i was thinking too in like rust you because the 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 resources like if i needed more storage right it's like what do you do okay you ex you expand your base how you mm -hmm. do that you need wood and then you need materials to reinforce it so you need like stone or metal so you got to like have those things on hand um and then if it's metal like you can't just use metal ore that you mine from a rock you have to like cook it and make metal fragments but presumably if you have those stuff you, resources on you you can just make more storage instantly you know and it's like it's not whereas like in tarkov it's like i have to find specific items mm. you know i mean if you're playing on eod you, you don't have to worry about that but your standard account dude it's like you need a hand drill like <laughs> the most used irrelevant bar item in the game because it probably like is only meaningful for a third of the player base i imagine yeah, I've, i've always like upgrade yeah i've always wondered what the right to ratio is for like standard and eod because i just mm. feel like mm, the majority is eod but i don't know for sure it's really hard to say it is really hard to say i just like the very small tangent there was a mm -hmm. poll put up by uh Krand, i think on twitter i'll just find it quickly now but uh he was saying about like you know don't worry if you think everybody's like high level or whatever because like You know, I've done a, done the usual poll and it looks like the same as normal. Yeah, so he said 32% level 1 to 20, 35%, 21 to 42, 12%, 42 plus, and 20% not playing. <laughs> um, so he was like, don't worry about it. But I, I had like a quick chat with him about just commenting on it, saying it's hard to square the circle between that poll. Firstly, um, as all the people pointed out, you know, there's a selection bias in people who are answering the poll. If he's a talk of tips for beginners kind of thing or, or intermediate players, there's always going to be sure. a, a skew to that. But there's like something worse, which is you also like to decide like, oh, everybody in your raids is, you know, low level. So don't worry. There's a skew to it, which I did actually read somewhere else. And I was like, oh, that's a very good point. And it's that even though 12% of the people are level 42 plus, Do they like is that actually more game time than levels one to 20 being 32% of the player base? Like, it, probably because the amount of raids that you need to run to get to level 42 is like so much higher than even to get to level 20. Yeah. So, even if it's like a third of the player, a third of the number of players are level 42 plus versus level one to 20, those players are probably playing 10 times the amount. 
And so the actual number of people of level 42 plus you're going to meet in your raids is way higher than you expect. Because those are the people that are playing all day, you know, or they're playing, you know, multiple hours right, in the evening. Right. I never really understood how to square that circle because you kind of need to have like, you'd need to do a poll of like, what's everyone's level? You always, you always just need like a snapshot. Like you can't really do it from the stats very well because like you need like everybody's level and how many raids they've played. But that doesn't, that only tells you kind of like, like history. Yeah, history kind of. And it's like, you know, well, two months ago, everyone played like half the raids. You can make some assumptions. Like it could, it would tell you more. Let's put it that way. But you'd kind of need from BSG to say, like, you know, on a particular day, how many players in it, what was the average level on a particular day? That's kind of what you would really want if you wanted to analyze this properly. And I suspect it's quite skewed, um, which is why you end up, you know, you're fighting level 30 plus, like, all the time. Yeah. Even though it looks like the, and the broad player base is low level, but... They play less by definition because that's why they're low level in the first place. It's like those two things are complete. They're like correlated, right? Right. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. So I've never really understood how to square that. It was just as a yeah random side side tangent. I thought it was an interesting interesting one. I I completely derailed you though. No, it's relevant because I mean, like (laughs) in the same vein, if you're going to be playing more, this is kind of the argument my friend made to me why I should just buy EOD is because Mm. like church, he plays games so much. You could just play the game more, like literally be in raid more if you just spend an extra however many dollars and have more stash space. And it's like, fuck, you're right. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> like, why am I putting this self-impose, you know? It's like, oh, I want to be extra hard. It's like, it's not really... Anyways. So, yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're going to be playing more, you might as well buy EOD and, like, you're kind of mon- uh, in-game virtual monetarily mm-hmm. incentivized to do so. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just something that's, like you said, I'm just trying to like, it's just something with Tarkov's like formula just feels slightly off. Like I think there's something there, but I just can't really get that square peg rounded into fitting that round hole. You know what I mean? Even on the <sighs> SP, you know what? Back in the day, I used to really enjoy the stash Tetris. Actually, like when I, mean, I was I a s- new player. Mm-hmm. I still yeah, kind of like, like it, but yeah, I and I still kind of like it too. <laughs> but like, I'm now definitely into that. Like, cause, you know, back let's say like back like four wipes ago or something. There's absolutely no chance you would ever have caught me selling everything to fence for my scout, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and I do that all the time right, now, right? Like, because it doesn't even like it doesn't matter. Like, what am I going to end up with? Sixty million rather than forty million? Like, it doesn't. Just it's like meaningless numbers. Like, I take the stuff that's like super valuable. I don't. Just sell like I'm. I'm not gonna sell an ETG stim to fence. Let's put it that way. Like that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take the grenades if I'm using anything for crafting. I'll take those. But like, level three armors that are half damaged, like weapons that are that come off my scav, bandages and whatever. Those things I'll I'll basically take. But you know, actually, one like weird and interesting side effect of that is that now on scav, I'll hoover up everything because I know I don't have to deal with it. And it ends up actually adding up. Like, so I don't know, maybe these things balance out. Because like back in the day, like I wouldn't take the knives, I wouldn't take the bandages, I wouldn't take, you know, the caps and the hats and whatever it was, because I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to go and like manually sell them to Ragman and da-da-da. But now I can get to the end of the thing and just press sell everything. I just take a couple of things and just sell everything. So now I just like fill my scab. My scab's like completely like every single slot is like filled out half the time. If I if I do loot, that is, and I'm not just, you know, doing a run through. Um so maybe it does end up balancing out because, you know, I've got like tons of junk, which ends up 
equating to 30k or something every single raid. So, yeah, I don't know. Things are roundabouts. But yeah, like back in the day, I would never have done that. But now it's just, I'm much lazier with it. And I, I want it to be fast and I want it to be quick and well, efficient. Like, I still like it, but I, not in the same way. I used to really get great enjoyment out of it. Um, but it's, it's a bit different now. Well, that's kind of the thing is like, you know, when, when it, in your mind, when it matters, it's like, you know, this is how you engage with it. It's like you, you do that thing and it feels good because you're engaging with it and you're doing the right things, but it's like very tedious. But then like when that starts becoming less important, it's just like, it feels like a chore. Like it's not, mm. you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I was kind of feeling that vibe and I don't really know if there's like any, it's just something that just feels a bit off. But like, the other thing that was kind of just like bugging me a bit was I don't know the the there's like this weird dichotomy where it's like you want to like play play the game right and you want to like get the good stuff but to do that you have to take risk and on top of that you got to go to the extracts which are like risky you know mm -hmm. it's an objective and like specifically with the extracts there's this there's this you know problem in tark at least in my mind it's a problem anyways where you know you have to run into like extract camping right it's yeah. like a, a possibility and it's i think the downside of it is you you have to engage with the predetermined layout of the map you know so like the the great the great example is like interchange Right, Emercom extract <laughs> extract sucked. As many of you probably know, I have like sworn off Emercom. I will take backpack lists. Like I pretty much exclusively bring no backpack to interchange. <laughs> I just always take backpack lists because I just don't want to deal with the extract camp. It's just it's just extremely the the odds are not in my favor at all. And um, I find yeah, I find that like you're kind of at the the whims of the the predetermined map design or you know developer in a way mm. which i guess isn't really a you know it's kind of a neutral thing i suppose um but i think in the case of Embercon extract it's maybe poorly designed in that aspect but nonetheless um what i was thinking is like well, what if like instead of you being forced to engage with the predetermined extracts what if you just could instead be um liberated <laughs> i'm impressed by these extracts though <laughs> you can instead be liberated by like uh engaging with it in a way where you can like create your own scenario of extracts so like like the cycle for example mm. it had still predetermined extracts right but they were scattered and it was randomized a bit if i recall correctly and you correctly. could pick a bit more yeah and you had to call one in yeah yeah you, you had a bit more choice there but what if instead you just like there was no predetermined extracts, right? And to extract, you had to shoot a flare or you had to like do some something yeah. that would like start the extract process and it would like alert people. So that way you could like based off your situation, you could have some like agency in choosing where you could extract, you know, like strategic strategies. Cause like on one hand, I don't have a problem with, um, you know, people engaging at the extracts for like PvP or you know the risk factor involved. 
But I just find that the way it's set up, it's like very, um, I don't know, very like restricted and like, uh, especially the predetermined side, like the knowledge factor can, can do some really wonky things. You know, there's, there's like, in some ways, if you're fighting someone at, on one side of the map and, you know, you guys disengage and then it's like the timer's running out and it's like, well, I know like <laughs> he's got to extract. I got to extract also. So if I get to the extract first, I can sit here and wait. And then, you know, it take, if he doesn't come, it's fine. I'll just extract if he does. And it's like, you know what I mean? There's just, there is some kind of like weird thing there that I've done before. I'll admit. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's true. It's true. I feel like it's more of a problem. Like, I don't know, because they think about somewhere like streets, like that kind of is the case. Like, I know it's fixed and there's like there's the one with the, the flare. We have to do the thing and there's a vehicle one, but there's like mm -hmm. enough extracts. So it doesn't matter. I think like well, once you've got enough extracts, I think it's fine. Like no one ever really complains about customs or mm -hmm. or streets, but it's just an interchange specific thing. There's just not enough. There's only two. And at each raid, you basically just get one. There's like no no requirement exfil is there is only one like customs is just different like that right so i know there's well uh, i don't know I'm, I'm always surprised i'm still surprised to this day that more people don't camp zb whatever it's called like 1011 whichever one it is you know the one in like the far corner and you go yeah, down the little yeah. stairs in the factory area of customs near factory that far stash. corner yeah, near Factory Fire Corner. I'm astounded that that extract doesn't get camped more because it's a prime candidate for it. Like, if you spawn on the other side of the map, like, where can you actually leave out of? Like, you could go all gas. You've got the the main, the bit under Fortress, but that's also a key. That all gas has to be open. There's, yeah, there's the vehicle extract, but they're all, like, required extracts, right? If you spawn on that side of the map, you're probably going out of 10-11. And it's just, I'm astounded. Like, I don't think I've ever been extract camped there, right? Like, not, not, not ever. Um, like I'm sure people do do it, but it's just so rare. It's so rare, and I'm, I'm always amazed. It's like Evercom. It's just like it's so bad. I mean, I know it's like it's more clear cut, but because um, it's like, yeah, what are your options? The no loot exfil, the exfil where you have to run through half the mall, turn on power, like run upstairs, run downstairs, and open have the door, the 10, but like, ten million key card or whatever, and it have is. The, and have the key, the key card's really cheap. Did oh, you is know? it? Yeah, because people were saying to me the other day, like, oh, back in the day. It, it used to be really expensive, and now it's really cheap. Is it 11SR? I can't remember. Um, uh, I think so. Or is it the other one? Sounds right. Is it Pretty sure 21 it. WS? I think it's 11SR. Mm, I think it's 11. Yeah, 11SR is 66K. Wow, that's, that's ridiculous. Uses. It's so cheap. <laughs> people must really not like it. <laughs> Yeah. Why does no one um, use it, though? I'm I don't really nice. know. I'm not sure. So my chat kind of like bullied me into buying one. Yeah. Um, totally worth. And uh, yeah, whereas I don't know about WS. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a pain to do. And like, again, it's kind of one of those things like a, a seasoned interchange player will know to check the extracts. I don't know. Mm. So if you're playing on Scav, you can't actually see it. Um, oh, true. But if you're playing on PMC, what I mean by see it is like you have to, if, you, if you're, ta if you tap. Oh, you know, if you pull up your extracts as a PMC, you'll see that the safe room exfil, if it's green, that means someone has swiped the key card, I believe. Um, I think so. I'm, I think I'm never so. very good at this power. interchange because it now might be just power. power is on. I think it's I, power. I, I can't actually. remember anymore. I'm pretty sure it's power. Right. I'm pretty sure it's the power. So that's like one, and it's like, so you know, someone did the power. So, like, 
you can always keep in, and then you just yeah, you manually check and see if the door's open. So if the door's open, you like you know you like someone's coming down to check it, and you know where they are coming from. Like they have to come from upstairs and mm. burger. Like I don't. There's just a lot of like f- free intel essentially. It's yeah. kind of. I mean, I guess checking for the door isn't free, but like it showing that the power is on. Anyways, yeah. Well, back- people in chat are saying that is that is right. It's green means power on. Yeah. Red means it's been taken already. Which uh, I think I I I thought that was the way it was now, but like I, I they keep changing it, and I keep forgetting because I'm not an interchange main. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just think that it would make for an interesting uh, way to in- engage with the game because, like, I could be she could do an event, which would be pretty interesting. But like, I don't really, I'm not really saying that the way it's done now in Tarkov is bad per se. Like, it's just a way to do it. But it would, I think it'd be really interesting where you could essentially call an extract anywhere, um, almost yeah. anywhere. Like, if you're like if you're in a fight at dorms and whatever, and you win, or maybe you kill some bosses or loot something you really need, then you could like go to the roof of of three story and shoot a flare, and like everyone's gonna see that flare, so they're gonna know what's up. But like you have to now, like now you're defending the position, you know? What yeah. I mean? And they're coming for you. Like it's it's much different than you're sort of like having to go to the thing and you're trying to, you know, secure the win. It's because it's because in that situation, right? You're the one who's kind of the you're you're being um, well proactive. You're like you're opening an extract, and then people are like reacting to you. Mm. Whereas the other way, it's like people are proactively going to the extract, and you're you have to just go there at some point. You're the one who's kind of on the back foot or being reactive, whatever. I I actually quite like that as an idea, though. Like exfils that are in the middle of the map, so it's like they're much quicker. But they say they take like thirty seconds to exfil. Something like um, Pier Boat is like a thirty second exfil, so like twenty second exfil. It's like a mm. long time, but it's because it's in the middle of the map, so and it's really exposed. So it sort of makes sense because of the risk. I mean, no, yeah, I've like I got shot at there the other day. Um, it's terrifying. But yeah, like something like that where it's like really obvious. There's a big flare, or like you know, it's a helicopter thing or something. It comes down and like picks you up off the roof of dorms or whatever. It's like super obvious, but it takes a while to allow people to react to it, like a minute or something. I do quite like the idea of that, honestly, as in addition to the existing ones. It's like you could take the ones that are safe, quote unquote, but sometimes there might be somebody waiting. Or you could take these like, you know, reactive ones that it's hard for people to maybe there's a few spots around the map where they can happen. Um, so it's like technically safer, but there's more risk like in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, as you say, you're defending the area or like, you know, you have to just wait a certain amount yeah. of time and not get killed while it comes in. I think it's yeah, I think it's quite a cool idea. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a game that had exclusively that where you like you got to decide and then you could see how the meta would develop around that. Because like in, if you wanted to like do the safe safest extract spot, you know, let's say there's like a forest in the middle of nowhere and you could like, you know, at the edge of the map you could call the extract or whatever. It's like you could do that fine, but like you just have to go there and do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like Whereas, like, if you just, like, do the extract in the hot spot in the middle of the map because you want to get out quick, it's, like, risk, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, I think it kind of provides some interesting dichotomies and player agency and ways to engage with the game. Imagine the content for that as well. Tagged and cursed, but for PMCs. I just turn up in the hot spot and just light the flare and just <laughs> come to me, baby, you know? 
Oh yeah, yeah you could you could let's do it as a bait. Hey, think about that. Yeah, you could just use it as bait, like not even actually commit to it. <laughs> That's actually pretty interesting. Maybe maybe you would have to do it where like I don't know. I don't know if that would be a problem or not. But yeah, that, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how long a minute is. I was watching Glorious play just like casually on another screen while I was like doing some stuff. And uh he went to the car exfil on customs pressed it but then there was somebody like there straight away so he like dropped his bag ran into dorms and he had this like chase this guy through like the second floor like the the top floor and they like disappeared off he like shot them from the roof he like jumped down grabbed his bag ran over and literally the car was just like like it was like two seconds away from the exfil but i was surprised it hadn't gone way earlier because like when you're in the middle of watching somebody in action a minute is a really long time actually Mm -hmm. It's, it's just like a random thing i was like oh man i can't believe the car's like only just leaving now like i felt felt like he Pressed it ages ago, but it's because he's been like chasing this dude all over the map and like hunting him down all over all over dorms. Um, but yeah, can you can imagine stuff like that where it's just like the Thunderdome for two minutes or something as the helicopter comes in or whatever. And whoever wins wins all the loot and just gets out straight yeah. away. Like I don't know. We got, like, it's, I kind of like the idea. Of it sounds fun. Yeah, there, there's one other thing um, that I'll you know try to be brief on, and it's 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 still it's another thing that's kind of like feels off to me but i can't quite put my finger on it is the uh, you know this like risk reward slash weight looting thing mm. we got going on and and I'm, i think i'm starting to get a bit more of what you know someone like what landmark might have some gripes about with like the weight yeah. system and uh, to share like an example um within the you know spt mod i'm playing there's you know the half the tart or it's actually called traveler and it's the map to map travel yada 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 so i have to like move loot around from traders to traders right so like <laughs> i made like i don't know i was like on factory you know i had like took a bunch of stuff from mechanic that i had there i was gonna go to like prepper or someone and like move it for like quests and various hide upgrades whatever so i had like a bunch of like really valuable stuff on me and as you know, I can only secure so much of my containers. So like, there's a lot of like really meaningful stuff, and I'm like heavy, etc. And I died, and I lost it all. I was like, damn, that really sucks. And because it's kind of you know it's skewed, obviously the bots aren't also engaging the way I'm engaging. They're not taking loot from one trader to another. You know, they're like at best they're looting the map. So it's it's skewed in that aspect, but. um I don't know. It's just it's just this weird thing where when I'm not like super thick and loaded out, like I'm like very low investment, it's a really fun to, you know, get in combat and win. And then now it's like you, you just got this huge come up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at some point, the come up could be too big. I had a, another raid <laughs> customs where. I killed this level 56 PMC bot who was like fully kitted out. He had like the X or not. What's it called? The, the, is it the X fill? No, the helmet. Is it the X fill helmet with like the, yeah, ears the Wendy like, team Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. He had that, uh, you know, some type of, they had a raid backpack, uh, a really cool looking RSS with the thermal on it. Uh, this was like, this was like huge, huge for me. And I was, like, trying to loot this other PMC that had, like, some armor, and I was, like, a giga overweight. I was just, like, instantly draining stamina. So I took the chance to, like, walk it out. <laughs> like, I would take maybe, like, 
I don't know, 10, 15 steps and just have no stamina. You know, it was it was <laughs> really bad. So um, and I got punished and I got shot at and died. It's like, well, fuck, you know, I got too greedy, which is a common theme for me. But this is got yeah, this I'm getting to my point is like there's just this weird thing where like you want to engage in like PvP, but then to like get the secure the win for it, it doesn't always feel good. Whereas I was thinking like in Rust, there's this common thing where people do what they call roams, where they just like bring out a kit and they're not their objective is to, like just go around the world and look for PvP to kill people and loot them. Mm-hmm for their stuff right. and because there's no weight system it's just slots you know single mm-hmm. slots um it really changes how you loot and you're not like punished for it so if you get into like let's say you let's say you're a god gamer like me of course and you kill you know a bunch of people with ak's and say now you got all these armor pieces in your slots you're trying to min max you got the ak's you know so you got like just you're like completely decked out like if one Naked with a yoga kills you. It's like, oh, it's like the same thing. Mm. Um, but like, you're fully rewarded as much as you can care, anyways, for killing, like doing the the roam. You know what I mean? So like, you, I may... Do you like, are you slow or anything? Like, you penalize no. at all for carrying all that stuff? I think that's the difference, right? No, I think that's the difference. But that's what I mean. It's like, it feels that's kind of what I'm getting is like, it feels weird because. When you do the PvP engagement in Tarkov, as you keep doing that, you know, you're kind of like actively punished more in a sense. Like you're more of a, you're more penalized, I guess. Um, yeah. Which feels bad. So it's like you almost don't want to do that. But I, I don't know. So there's just something there that's like kind of weird. And someone else had brought up an interesting point that I haven't thought of. It's like, why? Why is there, I mean, you know, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but just why is there slots, sizes, and variations, and also weight um, when you're looting, you know what I mean? Like, you already have to play Tetris, so then why is there weight? I mean, you know, the, the, the rhetorical answer there is like, you know, realism, right? <laughs> weight and, and such but i don't know yeah, it's kind and of risk in- reward i suppose it's like another element on top of it but like as we said last time like you're already already risking it because you've got that stuff like the stuff itself is the risk yes you know it's like it's, it's like it, added it's compounding on itself yes right. it's like oh you've got the most risk because you've got the most stuff and then also you because you've now got the most stuff you're now also got detrimental stat debuffs as well mm. on top of that which is yeah it's like I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, as I said, I've kind of softened on that as well over time. I still think that the weight system is fine because it still makes people like make choices about things. But I, I yeah. just feel that it scales up too much too quickly. And I think you get like giga overweight, like I can't move, stamina draining kind of overweight too early. Slash, I think the maximum effect is probably just too high. You know, mm. I think you, I think you could let everybody at least move without draining stamina as a walk because you're already slow right you're slower than normal and you have to walk like you can't sprint fast anymore i don't feel like it's necessary i feel like you could delete red stamina no sorry red red weight from the game and the game would be fine i don't think you think so too i don't think i don't think you'd affect the game enough right you already take like you take an ergo debuff you take a move speed debuff like there's there's enough like rather than just being like 
you are, you know, you've won all this stuff or you found all this stuff, you are just categorically not allowed to take this. Like, obviously, you can use stims, but like outside of sim usage for like the regular player, it's just like you've earned all of these things, but now you have to choose which bits you're going to take with you. I think it's a, it's a sliding scale, right? Like, there's one end of the scale on Rust where you don't really have to choose. You're just on slots only. And if you've got the slots for it, you can just take everything. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the scale, you've got something more like Tarkov, which is, you know, you really have to choose based on slots. You already make it a choice based on your bag. Now you have to fit it in. And you also have to be able to carry it. Like, just fitting it in isn't enough. You also have to be able to carry it too. Yeah. So you might need to get rid of he- some heavy things that you would quite like to take, but you just can't because otherwise it's going gonna, it's gonna to jeopardize the entire loadout that you've got because you just simply can't move or you have to crawl for 10 meters and then sprint for three meters and then crawl for 10 meters and sprint for three meters or you're doing this like dumb stuff like you drop your bag and then you have to walk around and to get, regain your stamina and then pick it back up and then drop it and regain stamina and pick it back up and all this kind of like weird metagaming and that's the thing i don't think the game would be bad for just deleting red weight from the game and having like the yellow like maximum yellow weight be like as bad as it can be because it's already like you can, I, this, let me put it this way. As I said, it's a sliding scale, so everybody will independently decide where they think enough is enough. Mm-hmm. But I feel that having a stamina bar that is static is enough. Like, you end up in a firefight and you sprint and your stamina doesn't go back up. You're just like, once you're down at zero, that's it. You're just stuck at zero, unless you stand still. I think that's punishing enough. I don't feel like it needs to go down while you walk. Right. Yeah, I could, I could that's me. It's pers- It's completely like you know. There's no fact to this. It's just about what you like in the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just I, there's. I don't know. There's just still something there because like it's a PV. I mean, it's sorry. It's not. I mean, there's pl- other players and you're like competing and so like you're fighting our resources and like you're going to engage in PvP and it's like you go, like you kill you you. It's like BSG incentivizing you to like fend them off but not actually um it's like we're both trying to screw each other over you know what i mean Mm. because like i it's like i can't loot you but i'm gonna get punished you know what i mean um it's just weird it's like you you didn't you didn't really win you just didn't lose by killing him (laughs) you know what i mean yeah 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 and uh, but also and then this also plays into the whole like flea market 10k plus slot thing where like most of the time it's not even worth bothering going and looting the guy to take what is 14 out of 65 gazelle and you know a, a tc2002 which he's repaired twice and is at 17 out of 17 it's just like i'm not gonna bother right i could just kill the guy take his tag and then move on and just loot 10 10 to 15k per slot items for the rest of my kit i bet i basically don't loot pmcs anymore partly due to i you know i just get i eventually just die anyway like even in those i've had some like insane rage recently and um, I've just like not looted literally anyone. I think out of the, I think it's out of the twelve kills I've got for assessment. I think I've looted two players mm-hmm. total. But it's like it's barely worth it. Like you just go well, you know, you are, sometimes you go to somebody and you're like, oh, they're actually juiced with like a really good guard. But most of the time, you turn up to them and they're yeah, just they've got some very average stuff and just like well, you know, I don't, I don't want any of this stuff. I don't care. It's like whatever. Um, it is, it is good if your stuff's broken, though, right? Yeah, if you've got no armor and things, like, that's fine. Or if you're like, running out of ammo or something, then like, yeah, fine. And or you could like, swap helmets and things. That's, that's okay. That, that's where it makes sense. But Yeah, and I guess that's like my, like, kind of one of my points is it, it's like, in my example, like, it felt great when I was like, had the pistol and I killed the PMC. 
and I got mm. to loot him, and I became him, and I got to like see all his gear and all of his cool stuff. Whereas like when I'm already loaded out, it's like feels very bad to loot him because I can't fit it. It's probably gonna be too heavy. I have to spend time organizing, sorting. You you know what I mean? It's just like I don't know. It's just there's something there that doesn't feel like on one side of the spectrum. It feels really good. On the other side, it doesn't feel great. Which then sort of like incentivize. You know, you could argue, like, incentivize people to bring less. I don't know. It's just something that, like, I can't really yeah, square I, it. I, I understand why, because it's, again, it's I'm not even saying scales. it's bad. Yeah, I know, this is the thing. It's like, because that's the thing, it's all sliding scales. We're both just like, could this be better? Like, is, is this better? Like, changing some of these things, will that actually improve it? Or are we just going to be, is it just, we're just moving the goalpost slightly, and then we're like, right. oh, we're still being punished. Like, should we make it even less and even less and even less? And like, when you when you could carry like Omega stuff again, it's like, well, do we even does that even matter? Because like ten k per slot stuff is still more valuable. So mm. do we even care about the weight system like at all? Like do we even do we even care that it's affects negatively affects PMC stuff? Because that's not really the issue. I don't know. It's like it's complicated. I think uh, as we've said before, I think a lot of this stuff really stems right back at the root of the problem, which is just the fundability and interchangeability of. Um, all the items, you know, like all of these, like a lot of these Tarkov systems make more sense in a hardcore environment. They just do. And looting PMCs makes more sense in a hardcore environment as well. And not being able to sell everything on the flea market or buying everything from the right, traders, right. it all makes the game actually make a lot more sense in general. I, you know, it makes it impenetrable for a new player. Um, and that's why I'm still the proponent of two accounts, hardcore versus regular regular mm. game lots of people like lots of people find the regular game impossible right people found the game easy when they started my channel wouldn't need to exist but the fact that it does exist and that people watch the videos shows the videos you know, it's, it's required right that people find the game really tough and they need help and and whatever but um experienced players it's once you get it it's almost like too easy right and you know what to do and you know how to like metagame it and those people really should be playing hardcore but they should be playing hardcore against each other. They shouldn't be playing against the noobs, right? The newbies who have just come in and Let's really see. need a under-level 15 map. It's like, yeah. That brings in another interesting topic, which we'll have to move on here soon. But it's, it's like, you say that, and what you're essentially saying is skill-based matchmaking. You know, it's like the hard players, the veteran players should play against each other. And then the, the, you know, the new of, players... But it's like self, you know, self-imposed, whatever, but like, sort of. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. You but that's choose, what right? I, you that's can choose what I mean. which way you want to play it, yeah. But that's, yeah. No, I, I totally, but I think I'm saying, like, the essence of that is, like, because there is no matchmaking on one side for the new players, it's extra difficult. And then on the other side, for the veteran players, it's extra boring. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. And we can never agree on the middle ground, right? Because you take it too far one way, and it just, like, crystals the new guys. And you take it too far the other way, and it's just like incredibly boring for all the experienced players. It's like impossible. It's an impossible thing to do. Yeah. It's why there's always going to be complaints. I mean, I know that's the way it is for any game, but Tarkov's like even more like that because like both sides can be right at the same time. And that's why I think it's so difficult, right? Both sides can be right of like removing the flea would make it a better game. For you, yeah, definitely. And for me, maybe. But for the new player, that would completely kill the game. And both of those people could be right about this. And so you can't really make a one-size-fits-all system. That's why I think that a hardcore account would be great for experienced players. It would take, can you imagine how long it would take? I've said this before, but like an actual hardcore account where you can like, you know, 
do your hideout, whatever. Like every raid matters. I don't know. It'd be sick. I guess other hardcore people, you know, all that stuff came from the hardcore raid. People had to find like everything was found in raid properly. Founding raid could just be made, you know, got rid of because there's no flea. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It'd be awesome. It'd be so cool. I'm so sad the Pestley never ended up doing his like week of hardcore. Remember, you said that ages ago, and we've talked oh, about yeah. it like periodically. I keep bringing it up where he was like, get like 200 creators or something. Like, BSG could do this. Like, they're about to do it for the streamer challenge thing. All they'd need to do is do private servers instead. Just get a load of people to register, get like 50,000 people to register for it or something. He will play like a separate set of servers on hardcore just for, just for a week or whatever. Like, give people an account. Like, how hard? I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's really, really tough to do. But I mean, the streamer challenge, I think, has got like a thousand players with accounts being allocated to these people. So they're clearly at least investing the time in like the automation of like giving out accounts and things like that. So maybe it would be possible to run a, a, an event like that where it's like, okay, you have a second character. You just have it appear in game, right? You don't necessarily need to log in with a different account. You just have a second account in game. Hey, look, you're a hardcore character for right. a month. We're just going to see what happens. I could be, oh, dude, it'd be awesome, you know? And you could play your main character if you want to. That's fine. You don't have to do it. Maybe, yeah, maybe make it just available to everybody. It'd be sick, man. Yeah, overall, I just, I don't know if I'm just a, you know, seasoned Tarkov player and it's just the natural uh, cycle of, yeah, you know, just losing, uh, you know, it's not, not the same as you first play the game, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be different. The the Vince, the Vince McMahon meme. Ah, so many. Well, Dad, what was it like when you first played Tarkov? The good meme. Yeah, so I don't know. I uh, I think I think there's definitely an element of that where I've just I played Tarkov so much because I'm I'm essentially am playing a very hardcore version of Tarkov, but with bots. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it, it's it's fun in quotation marks. <laughs> Sometimes I get so pissed off. <laughs> you know how many times I've died? Okay, I'm gonna jump into a quick next topic and then and then I'll jump off. Um, okay. You know how many times I died to like top ahead, which is like why with the bots? It's it's why is it top ahead? Well, it's so just always top of head. It just feels like it's always top ahead, and like <laughs> because it's the realism mod, the helmets are accurate to their actual real life counterparts in terms okay. of like armor class so they're all like class like 0.3 <laughs> basically paper mache you got your tinfoil hat on it's a nice protective like they'll stop buckshots and pistol rounds that's about mm-hmm. it you know I, I they really don't do much against rifle rounds so yeah just all constantly top and then the other one that's killing me is thorax i just the armor plates just ah, dude i I really think it's just not for me after playing. It just doesn't feel good on either side. Like well, it feels because it's going to come to the next patch of the main branch. So there that's you go. That's what I'm saying, dude. I just, I, it's just not looking good for me. There is, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things. So initially, I had thought like, oh yeah, the the best armor is going to be like the Karans and the Defenders. You know, the ones that's like got crotch protection, stomach protection, mm. thorax neck um but i actually think what's gonna be my early prediction is gonna be things like the osprey or the i don't know osprey is kind of what i'm thinking but something that gives you like good thorax protection because mm. like the slick is pretty bad 
Yeah. It's just like just a plate in the front and some straps. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas things like the Osprey, I think Osprey's it has pretty good. I'm not positive if it has side protection, like in real life. Um, but let's assume it does. So you got your sides. It looks like it does on in game. Is it kind of like thick or like pouch like? It's pouchy, but it's like there's okay. looks like there's plating under the pouch. I believe it. It might have. I mean, maybe we could pull up a. a the actual wiki of like real yeah. stuff rather than me just looking at the in-game graphic osprey what's it called the osprey mark 4a that's the level five the class five one body armor probably gonna be target mm. results oh no here we go um front and rear hard plates uh, this is a big wiki page i don't know if i can read this time anyways <laughs> uh this doesn't even have the arm <laughs> protection version right yeah, they look like additions, uh, to be fair. This, this one does. Let's see. Uh... Are they going to add it so if you get shot in the mag at the front, <laughs> the... it's then inoperable? Mag, yeah, yeah. You get mag armor now. Yeah, I'm protected by my <laughs> 30 rounds of, you know, 5501. Anyways, point, my point is... Why, why Osprey? Why is why? Well, the arm armor, because here's the thing with like the Karun stuff is like, yeah, you got all this front protection, but if you get shot in your arm on the side, and within Tarkov, you actually have an innate arm armor, as I understand. Which, uh, I, what do you mean? Like, it actually has an armor class. I don't know what it is for. Tarkov. Oh, I see. Hmm. Like, I th- if I had to guess, it's probably like class two, if I had to guess. But for the realism mod, it's class one, um, just to make it more realistic, I guess. But here's here's what would happen is like if you get shot in the side, it hits the arm, it penetrates, it goes to the thorax, uh, you're dead, bud. <laughs> I mean, you just die. So it makes like shooting people from the side like really mm. um, deadly, I guess. Yeah, it's either like it goes past the arm, it doesn't hit the arm at all, and they die, or it goes through the arm and they die. Do you want to pick yes. something like bed? 30 pen or something is going to be like the killer. Mm. You're like, I don't know what's in 30 pen exactly, but DCPW, if I had to guess. Yeah, st- yeah stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is going to be a real killer. But like, even, even if you don't have something like that, you know, if you just shoot for regular AK rounds, whatever, mm-hmm. you're damaging their arm and then you're hitting their thorax. Like, that's going to hurt a lot. So, one more shot. Like, I don't know. It's just the the so the reason why I say Osprey is because if you have arm armor there and it's not yeah well yeah I'm assuming it's going to be only the top half yeah it should be but the bottom half is like side plate right from the armor so like most you, of the time you should it's either going to be side plate or it's going to be arm armor I think so. those armors are going to be hmm. actually more valuable. Because you will actually have more general protection, um, like the yeah. Even even then, you're still gonna get shot in the gaps, and it's gonna suck. But mm-hmm. I think just having more coverage from like all sides is gonna be better. Like especially the arms, because it's just like it doesn't do you any good when you just have like this huge gap <laughs> in the side of your body. 
that you get shot at and just die yeah. instantly. It it sucks. It sucks a lot. And yeah, it's just gonna make the game more like it's adding even more variants, which I just generally I don't like a lot of a variance. Like some is some is like there's a certain within reason I like variants, but I don't know. I just feel like it's too varied, super punishing. I don't think it's for me. Is my early conclusion. And it does it's weird because like you don't really like it feels really bad from the receiving end, but it doesn't really feel good from the giving end. You know, when I'm shooting the guy and he falls over, I don't I don't even know that I got the gaps shots. You know what I mean? It's not like I get a kill feed and it was like Thorax gap. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't even it's like, oh he fell over, great. But it's like is it you gonna be any, any Mostly, am I gonna actually notice that I shot him in the gap? That's like actually meaningful. Like I did the good thing. I feel like the answer is no. It's just like he died. Good. Yeah. It's like the same as as if there was no gap. So you know what you know what I'm saying? Yes. Does that make any sense? Yes. It it does. It does. It feels yeah, like a. In my subjective opinion, it feels like a negative all around. I don't know if there's an actual upside like if it's actually adding any positive to the game it's kind of how i feel about it but i think this is the thing it's it's like are we actually adding anything of interest to the game whatsoever or is it just adding complexity for no real like actual purpose and that's the thing that i've always argued like you know i will go along and just do it you know we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes and i'll, I'll better game it or whatever yeah. Um, by the way, I'm just sending you something on uh, Discord that somebody sent me in chat about, I think it actually is the Osprey, about like plate stuff. It's like a visualization. I don't know if you can like throw it up. Oh, yeah. But, um, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, are we actually adding like meaningful game mechanics here where you can like shoot the gaps and be like, you know, I'm freaking sniper elite, you know, whatever. Or are we just adding stupid stuff that it boils down to randomness at the end of the day between networking and desync between just the games, the pace of the game. Like, can you even, will you actually even be able to aim at the body part? Like it's few and far between situations right now where you even get the ability to aim at somebody's like helmet hitbox, if that makes sense. Right. You know, you're sniping and it's like, Oh, I'm going to go for the ears because the guy's wearing a TC 2002. Like, how many situations does that occur in? Like, it's very rare already. I feel like just those situations are so niche that 99% of the time it's the other situation, like we were saying. Like, just it's just going to be random. Um, someone's going to die, and it just increases that variance a lot between low gear and high gear, and it's like there's not really much point. I mean, again, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how the coverage is going to be, and maybe the coverage will be over-exaggerated. You know, to get to realism mm -hmm. whilst also being immersive or whatever. So, like, you know, gaming or like playable, it, playable or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, and they'll make it playable by, you Let's know, giving playable. you by giving you like class two or class three or something like in more places than maybe you should or mm -hmm. whatever. But like, you know, the best armors will then be the ones that has that, you know, overall coverage. But it's, yeah, it's just going to be weird. I don't, I don't know. It just feels to me that like the armor system is one of those things that doesn't need like more complexity at the moment. Like the simple way that it works right now is kind of good. Like if it was me and if it was an ideal world, I literally would just split up the hitboxes and then call it a day. 
That's all I would have done. Oh, yeah, honestly. with, like, arms and yeah. stomach. Split yeah. arms off. But you could even split off front and back if you really want to, right? Like, you can you can do however the hell you want to do it. You could split right. off arms, front, back, sides, have different, like, you could even do different plates if you want, right? And have a plate system like that. But just make it cover the whole damn thing. Like, I just don't see the upside in having the actual, like, plate hit detection stuff. It's just, like, it's more I... calculations. It probably could make the game run worse as well. And, like, what's the actual upside? Like, I don't know. The, the durability system making sense is something that I do want. Having being able to shoot somebody between the gap in the plate, it's not really something that I want in the game. I don't think it's necessary. I feel like the reason or whatever or whatever you said is uh, realism. Like, because it's realistic, like, that's the reason. And I feel that this armor gap system is not even adding complexity. I mean, maybe it is, but I feel like it's more so just adding variance, whereas, like, what you described is just adding more complexity. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I feel like there's not even any variance, like, in, like, directly being added. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Like, final I don't, sound. I don't like, people like... in chat are talking about, like, you know, different guns are going to be meta, saying MP5 is going to be meta and stuff because it's like a laser beam and blah, blah, blah. And um, I've, I've literally just, like, just feel that, like, everything is going to be meta in the sense of you just nerf armor hugely. You know, right. so all the that's guns are going to be really powerful. Like slugs going to one shot you, buckshots going to one. Like if you, if you get hit in the wrong place, you're just going to die to everything. Yeah, but that that's uh, how it yeah. feels now. Is like armor is like just it's like so meaningless. Like mm. oh, I'm wearing a carasso. Oh, now I'm wearing a slick. What's the difference? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, I'm still gonna get. I don't know. Like it just it it feels pretty bad in my opinion. But there are two. You know, this is one completely different design approach because you have reworks to your health pool, the the damage of the bullets um, compared to like what BSG's doing. So it could be a totally different outcome. Just my early conceptual. You know, is as this is a game mechanic and a first person shooter. I don't think it's for me simply because I feel like it's adding too much variance, but we'll see. I'll definitely give it a shot. Yeah, we will see. All right, we what you got see. for me? Should we talk about aim punch? Yes. <laughs> so I actually have a video on this coming out tomorrow about aim punch, and I'm. I think it was. It's partly because. People have been talking about Aim Punch. People have been collecting clips about Aim Punch. But I haven't seen anybody actually like make a video about Aim Punch. I was expecting a bunch of videos to turn up about Aim Punch. And there is some people have talked about Aim Punch a bit. Like, I don't know, Jesse talked a little bit about like why mm. is everybody ratting and why the rat meta is the thing. And he talked a little bit about Aim Punch in that video, I believe. But I mean, you know, lots of people have talked about it, but tons of people were trying to you know, find clips about it and blah blah blah. And um, it's an interesting topic. Because I do feel that the main criticism that people have with aim punch, it's not necessarily that aim punch like exists as a concept. Right. It's more that the way that it's implemented prevents you from doing any kind of like meaningful counterplay. Like it's okay. This is kind of what I boil it down to. Like it's it's okay to punish somebody for being shot. Like that's fine. Mm -hmm. But to punish somebody to the extent where they can't actually see what's going on anymore, and they can't, you know 
make adjustments and like be and with enough skill overcome the punishment and kill the opponent like despite the the the, the downside or whatever right so you like you still you still get an advantage for being the first shot but at the moment being shot shot at first is like almost a death sentence a lot of the time and it's very hard to counterplay in certain circumstances and i was i was interested in exactly how it breaks down and there's like like cctl did a big video about it actually um he did a breakdown video which i was intrigued about and there's like some stuff that it does affect and some stuff that it doesn't affect and uh there's really like three there's three things that aim punch does two of them are to do with like movements on screen right so one of them is your camera moves and the other one is your gun moves and those two things are actually independent so yeah depending on just like random factors your gun and your camera can move independently as we've said like your camera can like shift to the left and your gun can shift to the right or they could both go together and it's like it seems kind of random either which way um yeah you've got it on screen that's good so the the camera punch also seems to be a lot more than the actual aim punch so your gun broadly follows the camera with the punch but it also isn't exactly the same either if that makes sense so sometimes they can be a bit different, but it, they broadly follow each other. And the camera punch is higher than the than the aim punch, so it seems. And it does take quite a while for the screen to reset. But those two things on their own, like your aim gets thrown off, which is sort of fine, right? You can adjust for that. But there's the third element, which is the blur, mm-hmm. which CZ didn't actually talk about at all because it's like it's just a very it's I mean it's a very basic mechanic actually. Um, and I think it might depend because so the actual amount of aim punch that you get, I didn't actually test this for my video, but the amount of aim punch that you get changes based on the caliber as he's uh, tested. Okay. So if you get shot with nine mil, you don't get punched as much as like seven, six, two. And you also get more aim punch if you get shot in the arms and then mm. the head. And then I think thorax, stomach and legs. So if you get shot in the legs, you actually get less aim punch than you get shot in the arms, which again is kind of fair enough. But the blur section is quite fascinating because the blur for me is actually, I actually do genuinely think after looking into it a bit, I think the blur is the worst part. Like you can recover yeah. from a, an aim knock, especially when like the knock is, it's like very fast and then it returns, you know? And that's almost like recoil in some ways, right? The recoil jumps up, but then you, and then it sort of returns to center, but you like have to adjust for it yourself. Right. You can't really preempt it because it's in a random direction, but you can still see what is happening and make an adjustment to yes. counter the fact that it's moved some in some way, makes it slightly easier with lasers, et cetera, et cetera. Blur, though, now, and as I said, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't test the blur in depth with lots of different calibers or anything like that, but I went into a raid and I got myself shot with a scav who had a shotgun, um, and I did actually do some other, you know, some other checks here and there as well. But you, the the screen is blurry for ages. If you frame by frame it, you're you're blurry for so long. And I think it's something like the shortest that I saw was something like fifteen frames. I think if you're getting shot with a rifle, I, I may, maybe it's fifteen different. frames. Yeah, dude. And if you get shot with a shotgun or something, which is the one that I was testing, you're blurry for like twenty four frames, twenty five frames. It's like genuinely like half a second of blur. So by the time you get shot the second time, like the first blur is hardly finished. And in my test, so I went and got a little clip and ended up being like the perfect clip to demonstrate. I got shot three times in rapid succession by an MP153. Mm-hmm. From getting shot at the first time and the end of the third shot is 65 frames total. <laughs> in, that, in that period, there are four frames that are clear. I was going to say, yeah. 
because literally this is, four. This is the thing. Fourteen. What was the original number? Fourteen frames. Was it's blurred. like it's like it's like twenty frames or something. Twenty five frames. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You know that's that may not sound like a lot, but when you consider the fact that the guns are firing at God, I don't even know. Like probably like two frames, three frames, five frames a second. That's mm-hmm. really he's concerning. It's crazy, right? And then, you know, all the recordings are at 60 FPS, so 25 frames is like half of a second, like yeah. 450 milliseconds, right? And you know, terrible, terrible Tarkov desync that's awful and you're dying behind walls and it sucks. That's like 250 milliseconds. You know, latencies that people start to notice is like 100 and above. Mm-hmm. Like 450 milliseconds of blur? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and, the, and the worst part about it? And then, again, it's hard to know with these things until you actually see it and slow it down and like look at it because i was like i'm not actually even sure what it looks like and what i wanted to do was so, so really the aim of this was for me to go and like replicate the aim punch in premiere pro and then we could fiddle around with the parameters right okay and so i did exactly that oh. the 25 frames of blur they're all the same there's no degradation yeah. whatsoever That's the bad. only thing that happens is sometimes at the end of the blur effect there's like one or two frames where it flicks to being clear and then flicks back to yes, full blur and flicks back to that. clear. I don't know why it does that exactly, but it, but it does. Um, and I think if you get shot again, I think you might have one frame clear before the next blur comes in. I think you might cancel it for a frame, maybe. Okay. I didn't put that in the video either, but like, I was just like experimenting with all this stuff. But anyway, so I like copied the, the blur effect in Premiere and I did the twists as well, actually. I like did the twisting and the moving um, in a way that I just like moved the frames. So it's like obvious to see what's happening. And like, then I could experiment with a few different things. And I genuinely think that the aim punch would feel so much better if the mm-hmm. blur just like faded, you know? I did like a whole bunch. I did like full blur to zero blur over 20 frames, over 10 frames. I even, I even tried like more blur at the start, but disappearing to zero over 15 frames. So it's like, boom, mm-hmm. and then it goes away. Because in those frames before you get shot a second time, you can actually, like, you, you can see what's going on, but you get punished when you're getting hit. You're still getting aim punched. So, like, ultimately, my conclusion ended up being, like, maybe the aim punch itself is okay. Mm-hmm. But I brought back the example um, from a while back, and I actually, it's really annoying because I couldn't find the original clip for it, but it's that raid on streets we talked about ages ago, and I was shooting the guy with the UMP. I think I've referenced it a few times, and I put it on Twitter, and I've got the picture, basically, of, like, my screen fully blurred. The guy is dead center. His head is, like, right in the center of my screen. I'm point firing and my bullets are going, you know, 15% off the, off the horizontal, oh, sorry, off the vertical towards the left. And you can only see when you go frame by frame through the, um, through the clip that they're bouncing off the metal plate at the back, like off at a weird angle. But because the screen was just completely blurry, like I didn't stand a chance of seeing like where my gun was shooting, where the bullets were going. And I just ended up finishing the fight being like, how didn't he die? I think I, I think it was one of those ones where I think I had like 25 shots, like zero hits. And I was like, how is that even possible? And I went back and cut the clip and like, yeah, that lo and behold, he's right in the middle of my screen. But oh no, because the bullets aren't going that way because they're going off to the side. But I couldn't see. I couldn't see the aim punch yeah. because of the blur. And if, right. the blur, if the blur actually like, like disappeared or faded, because the aim punch itself fades, right? It's like you get punched and then right. it goes away. Right. But the blur just doesn't go away. It's just, it's on. And then it just turns off again. And then you get hit again and it turns back on again. It's like, I think that's, I genuinely think that's the worst part about it. If you got rid of that, it would feel so much better. Because, yeah, so I ended up like, I superimposed the two games side by side. I went to exactly the same spot where I got shot by the scav. 
and I recorded that cleanly. And then I imposed, I superimposed the scav as well. Like you'll, you'll see where the video comes out, but like I superimposed the scav over and then I'd like nested all of it together and then like added my own blur effects on top and stuff to like see exactly how it is. Um, and so you can see like the actual outcomes of my experiment of what it looks like with different types of blur model. Because this is, this is what it takes to beta test a feature. You need the ability to sandbox the feature to then check out different models to say, is this better? Is this worse? I tried one which was like, 20, 20, it was a basically, it's a fast blur of 20 in Premiere. It's basically the same thing. Like, it looks almost identical. Like, the, the, blue, the blur, the blur, like, methodology is slightly different. So, like, in Tarkov, like, details are still slightly more visible. But if you turn the blur down in Premiere, then, like, then it's just not blurry enough. So, like, they're not, they're not 100% the same, but it's good enough for the purposes of doing the experiment. And taking it from 20 blur to zero in 10 frames, to me, it almost felt, like, actually too short. Like, it's almost as if you... Yeah, we may as well just remove the blur if you do that. Um, That's kind of my question. It's like, why even have the blur in the first place? It is a good question. Because we're already, like, I feel like if you're going to say, oh, well, it's to inform the player that they're getting shot at. It's like, I already have the camera punch, the mm -hmm. aim punch, the, the gun moving, the camera moving. You have the health stuff pop up on the top left. You hear the gunshot. Your character makes a noise. Like, do we really need the blur on top of everything? It's like what we were saying before, right? It's like additive. It's like, I'm already mm. being shot at. I've got the gun moving. You know, it's already hard <laughs> enough. Like, and now you're going to add a blur filter over the top as well. It's like the painkillers thing. It's just like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to add the painkiller thing. Oh, now you've got this like desaturation. Oh, well, that's not, it's a bit annoying, but you know, I guess it's okay. Oh, sorry guys. There's a bug. We didn't add the chromatic blur as well around the edge. I was like, <laughs> no, like, why do you need to add all these things over top of each other? It's like, everything's like, Five, five times <laughs> overtuned on most of these mechanics. Um, but I mean, it's a question I was asking myself while I was looking at it, thinking like, do we even need it? I don't know, because it gives the maximum amount of like counterplay while still punishing the guy. I'm, I honestly don't know. Um, and I, you know, in the video, I'm just like, let me know. Like, we'll have a look. What do you think? Like, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Again, it's one of those things that it's subjective. There's no right answer, really. Um, we're trying to, you know, maximize happiness on the curve of, you know, people who want <laughs> you want you to be shot once, and then have to spend six months in hospital, you know, for realism versus people who want to have like no no effects from getting right. shot whatsoever. So it's like you have to try and find some kind of common ground, um, and that's what makes this hard, right? Because people are going to disagree no matter what you do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I get yeah. I feel it's just like too many overlapping things to get to where we are, and that we need to turn down something. And I feel that like the blur could be one of them. I don't know. You know what? I think I've done a 180. I, I think it's not enough, actually. I think when you get shot at, you need to be frozen in place. You can't move. Okay. Your screen needs to also shut off. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're getting shot at. Right. It, it, you know, I was thinking when you first started this conversation. Uh, what if, okay, hypothetically, let's say we got a, let's say we got our own little churches FPS game.exe. All right. And, in the game, you know, there's a gun, there's two players on the map, whatever, they're fighting each other, whatever. Okay, here's the twist, okay? When you get shot at, you are completely frozen. You effectively have zero player control, okay? How would that feel? Pretty shite, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, the one thing about it is that we could really affect the play style, like how you engage with the game. Mm. Getting shot at is a death sentence. Now, you could... Maybe there's a mechanic like recoil in the game where, you know, the goal of the game is to shoot the guy first and then stay on target. Like, 
managed to recoil. Because mm-hmm. remember, when he's shot at, he's frozen for like that instance that he receives the bullet. So you want to like basically premise stun him where he can't do anything. It sounds like a really toxic game. I don't think I would enjoy it. You know, it sounds like Counter-Strike to me. <laughs> yeah, Counter-Strike is a little bit of that, right? Where you get shot at and you, you lose your... You lose your, your inertia or whatever. Yeah, yeah, your momentum. Yeah, that's a better word to put it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, in that case, it's like... It's... I don't know. It's just like... I'm not really saying the way Peace Student is wrong. I'm more so saying it's like... You're taking away a ton of like player agency from me when i'm getting shot at mm. i where like you might as well just turn off my screen during that time period you yeah. know what i mean it's just yeah. that's kind of my thing is like i feel like the player agency man i really there's this meta in uh marvel snap there's like this one deck type it's called like lockout builds because there's only okay. three locations you can play to and only four cards can fit per per location and right. it's like a 12 12 game deck but anyways there's this like professor x he completely locks any cards from being played here at this location for either side so people will like try to what's called ramping like get him out early and like secure so you and you need only two two uh locations total points to win in those locations so if you can secure one location you know it's like you already did half the work um and now they you you know only have two locations to play to so it's just like it's really toxic what i'm getting at in certain styles i don't know i just feel like taking away play agency is in my mind anyways is kind of a i don't want to say it's a bad thing but it just doesn't feel good at all yeah, it's also like um, for all the Dota 2 enjoyers out there, it's like the reason why often, you know, silence is referred to as like the anti-fun hero because it's just like the mechanic there is just like, <laughs> right. it is, it's just like, oh, it's just like my my ability is to just like stop you pressing any button. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And it's just like, it just feels terrible to play against, right? You don't even feel like it's a fair battle between two play- players. Or what. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to turn off your keyboard. I press R and your keyboard turns off. It's like... Yeah. Okay. It just feels like, and there's nothing necessarily like imbalanced about it, so to speak. It just feels sucky as a player. <laughs> it's just like a lot of these things. It's exactly what you're saying, right? You remove player agency, and it just feels bad. Yeah, and I guess like the remaining player agency that you have is like you need to have the knowledge that he has that ability, so you need mm-hmm. to like use the other aspects of the game to play around that. So like Manta style. Yeah. So from account. a balance perspective, exactly. Yeah. Right. But like, it still but, doesn't necessarily make it feel like good. Exactly, it still inherently takes away, you know. Yeah, but at least there's something there for you to engage with. You know, you get to right. engage with the items or something. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of a related, but also a little bit more loose in a way. Where it's it's still true. It feels bad. <laughs> that one. Yeah, silence or bands. I'm sure. In, I'm sure in like Marvel Snap, that there's the same thing. It's like you know, well, you know what the, this deck's capable of, right? So exactly. You're like, the counter you to, like, to you're like you're there trying to like mill that deck, so they pull, you know. Pull but it's out. annoying because oh. then it feels like you have to have certain cards in your deck in the event that they're gonna play. Well, that they're gonna have this. Right? It's the same thing. It's like you gotta exactly. have certain items. Now I have to buy like your mantle. <laughs> exactly. I have to buy something else. Like, exactly. It's a, you're forced to do it, which is which not I think necessarily is not... unlike other stuff, but yeah. Which I think is not ideal. Like it's it's marginally better than 
<laughs> not having any option at all, I guess. You know? <laughs> I don't know. It's I guess you can make a similar for Tarkov. It's like, well, just hide in a corner and don't get shot at all, you know? <laughs> I guess Yeah, like you're incentivized to not be hit then in Tarkov. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, move like use cover and like try to not be, you know, try to not get hit, but yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I look forward it's to that tough. video. That, that sounds like an interesting mm. one. I look forward to that. Yeah. Cool. So what next? Shall have you got what was the advanced AI? Did you talk about that already? Or was that? Um yeah, I could talk about it briefly. Um the the stuff the guys are doing, the peeps over at SP with the AI stuff is really cool. So there's a couple of different ones. Um there is I, mean, I talked about it a little bit, but I I've like recently explored it more and try to understand it more and it's just like yeah it's very cool what they're doing the one the ones that's relevant i would say is um i guess sane i talked a little bit about but it's just like it they react to cover a bit more dynamic i talked a, i talked a little bit about it, so i won't go over it again but the, the mm. other two i really want to talk about was looting bots and questing bots which i thought was really mm. cool where the looting bots one it gives them the, because they added all these like waypoints and nav mesh for them to like navigate around the map, they can now pass to loot like mm-hmm. crates and they'll physically, like virtually like physically, actually loot, them, yeah. actually loot them. Yeah, not like a scav standing over a cache. You know, <laughs> have you ever been? <laughs> I was on streets uh, early in the wipe and I was looting like file cabinets near Concordia, and the scav, I was like a scav, and the scav like ran up to me. And I thought it was a player's guy, but it wasn't. And then he just like keeps running at me and he just like warps through me. And like my character's like freaking out, <laughs> warping because he's like shoving me away because he's got like collision or something. <laughs> and he's just standing in front of the file I was like, dude, I was looting that. And he's like just staring there and he runs through and warps me. And I'm like, okay, thanks, bud. That was, keep looting. <laughs> Anyways, so I thought that was pretty cool because now it's like, yeah, you know, I guess in Tarkov they have the ability scavs to loot players if they mm. kill you or maybe just in general and just bodies in general i think yeah i think yeah, i think that's right yeah uh which is neat but this goes like a step further where like is not only is there scav bots but there's also pmc bots so now like everything's looting stuff mm. and it's it's really makes it it's like fun little mini stories um with the bots or whatever it's like oh yeah you got this loot on you it's like oh where, wonder i guess playing interchange and these scavs um like I came across a dead body and then like I killed a scav and then like he the other AI scav did the classic Tarkov trope where he's like, I'm gonna avenge my buddy and charges at me. <laughs> but I killed him and one of them had a bunch of like medical stuff on them. Uh like stems and mm. meds. And I was like in trend, uh kind of near not Ollie, but Idea, if you if you're familiar with that store. It's like right next yeah. to the escalator. I was like, where did he get all this medical stuff from? I thought for a minute, I was like, oh, it's probably the little medical room down below uh, the, 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 uh, near the garage. I don't even know what it's mm. called. Idea Medical. I don't even know what it's called. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but the, the other one is questing bots where it's, they, the PMC bots will have all the quests. It's like a huge algorithm and there's like, 
depending on the level, they'll get assigned like closer to their appropriate quest level. So you won't yeah. have like a level one doing a level seventy task. But they'll actually like path to the locations, like the trucks, orange trucks on um customs. They won't mark anything, of course. But they'll act, you know, they'll visit the locations like, oh, that's cool. It's like there's just a lot of development in the AI space that's like really really impressive to see i mean on top of the i really i really think that a lot of reasons why the ai is kind of static in the way it is is because if you have them moving to a lot of places on the map um i think part of the reason is like you don't see a lot of scabs like at the forest area in customs is because mm. of the forest itself like the scabs shoot through bushes and with the the way they've dealt with that is by having a ray cast from the bushes where it blocks the AI vision so they can't shoot you through bushes. Um, which I think, yeah, that's definitely something to be issue implement because it just it just makes like fighting AI so much more reasonable. Like so yeah. much more reasonable. Um but anyways, that's kinda all I, I would say. It's just like, yeah, the the stuff they're doing there is really cool and I I genuinely think by like give it a couple more years and the stuff they'll be putting out would be really impressive and mm. can't wait to see what they come out with. Yeah, in fairness, like, you know, BSG's AIs are getting better as well, I would say. Like they've got more resource constraints and stuff, it being multiplayer, or whatever. But um mm-hmm. it is, you know, it is getting better. Sometimes it is hard to tell certain scabs whether they're players or or not, occasionally. Um like most of the time it's obvious, but there are certain occasions, especially like when you don't have clear sight lines on them, and you're like, "Is that a player or is that not a player?" And like, even when you shoot at them, sometimes they'll like they'll run around the corner and then like peek back, almost straight away, and you're like, "Oh, I can't actually quite tell." Um, it just sort of depends, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's good. Like the worst, yeah, the 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 worst that can happen is that it's just it's just is is its own thing, and there's nothing there. But best case, BSU you could at least not necessarily acknowledge that they like it, but they can see it and go, well, that's quite a cool idea. You know, we could add more waypoints or whatever. You know, Maybe there's some things they could take away from it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I suspect the Raycast wouldn't be, I don't know. I really wouldn't know. Mm. I mean, the, the I get this a lot from people. It's like, oh, wow. Like, why hasn't BSG done this? And like, uh, you know, again, as you said, to be fair, it's it's really different because you're doing a, there's only one client, which is you connecting to the server. Like you are the server, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, I have to eat the cost of everything that gets added. And some of it, like the behavioral stuff, um, allegedly the developer said like, yeah, there's no performance cost, um, mm-hmm. based off his testing. But some of the other stuff is like performance cost heavy. Um, like the, there's one where it takes into account lighting for scabs, <laughs> which is really cool and shadows and stuff and you have like a little like thief unicode lighting bar at the top that will like if it's to the left it means you're really like you know lights shining at you or something if it's like to the right more it's like you're in darkness it's really cool because it makes it like way more there's been so many instances where like i'm in a dark spot and i'm not you know the scav runs by or whatever runs by and doesn't see me it's like that's really cool but um, yeah, it'd be quite cool if they did that. And you know what? Honestly, it would be quite nice if that happened in the ma- in the base game, even just through like a static map or something. You know yeah, what I mean? The, like, I mean, the problem is with that one in particular. 
it has to render a camera on you yeah. to inform and like it's costly. And if you do that mm -hmm. for all the clients, that's yeah. going to be extremely costly on the server. And as you know, <laughs> Tarkov already has enough server issues as is. So yeah. yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of merit to you know, this is like unique to a single player environment. Like not all these things can be done. But I do think there's some things like I feel like the bush thing probably wouldn't be that expensive. Like it's just one just one well, I shouldn't say just one, but it's just a little way getting casted from a bush. How mm -hmm. much how much could that be? Anyways, I just I just think it's really cool to see these guys uh do their yeah. thing and, and I can't wait to see what I feel like the future is really bright in terms of like what they can achieve there. Mm. Yeah, it's decent. It is it is decent. Shall we talk about something new? Okay. That caught my eye with Grey Zone. <laughs> now I don't know if anybody managed to catch the the Grey Zone announcement. <laughs> from I don't know why the name just sounds funny to me. <laughs> Mad Finger Games is who's who's doing this game. But the the thing that I would say brought my eye to it more than anything else is just the way that the environments look okay it looks amazing the game looks incredible right you know what i mean like they just the just the way that it's done yeah i'm seeing that the environments look absolutely insane like to me and looking through like there's some gun shooting in there like this is still like really early right and so this is a very early announcement but it's another one of these sort of like it's, it doesn't say extract shooter in the title which fills me with a little bit of hope it says immersive open world tactical fps so maybe it's more like a daisy hybrid rather than like you know it's a tarkov clone because i think like anybody tries to go down the extract shooter route it's like as we've seen there's so many so many problems with doing that and just adding extracts to a game doesn't necessarily make it good but the world could still do with a proper daisy game like a good daisy game that's like that and has an uh, you know economy or loot or whatever like you know all of those elements that make both of those games good in their own merit like tarkov and daisy but yeah, like that's the first thing that caught my eye. Was it just looks absolutely stunning. And like when I watched through the trailer, it reminds me of, um, uh, which which one is it? Is it is it Far Cry Three? Yeah, it reminds me of Far Cry Three. Which yeah, I can see that a little like, bit. It's the sort of jungle, um, right. kind of like uh, South Asia vibe, um, which is just like such a cool environment. And it looked like so it looked like Far Cry with like Call of Duty style shooting. With kind of like it doesn't really look like Tarkov that much. It looks like a you know Daisy type of inventory. Like maybe because it's got like some weapon modding and stuff. It doesn't look like that complicated necessarily, but maybe it's a bit more in depth than Daisy on that front. I don't I don't know really, but um, it's it looks it looks quite interesting. Honestly, it's one of the first ones I've seen where I'm just like I like the world a lot. You know, it's like with Marathon, like it's fine. It's futuristic, -y, sort of cyberpunky. That's kind of like that's that's fine. Like the cycle, lots of people didn't really like the space thing. Um, there's like you know lots of issues with various ones. Like COD was fine, but COD the the you know, DMZ was just very uh, very light touch on the loot, so it didn't really have that element to it. it was not really like well, DMZ is not survivally, you know. It's just it's just extracting. Not it's not survivally. Really, yeah. Um, and Tarkov's not that survivally either, but like more so than than DMZ. But um, but this one in particular, did, I don't know. It looks kind of like it might be ticking all the boxes that we would hope that something like this would tick. Without being like a zombie survival game, you know, as well, like you know, right. the grim darkness of the far future, 
where there is only war. It's like, oh, everything's grey and everything's in rubble. It doesn't look like that. It's like beautiful tropical forests and stuff. Like I quite, mm-hmm. I, I like the the aesthetics of the way it looks. So, um, Karmakut did a good video, like breaking down. Oh, okay, it's it's only the trailer and a few things from Discord that he has um has talked about. I listened to it on like two x speed because it's like half an hour long, and he's talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, but there was a few things in his video that he like pointed out, which is interesting, which is that these guys, Madfinger Games, they're actually a mobile game developer, which mm-hmm. is the one thing that's kind of like, okay, you know, mm, don't know, like this is their first <laughs> PC title. Right. Like it's kind of surprising. It's like a bit of a jump out of their their ballpark of genres that they've done before and sort of types of games that they're going to have done before. And there's also obviously the question around like monetization and microtransactions. There's clearly, you know, if, you've, if you've come from that world, that comes naturally to you and but that doesn't really vibe with the pc player base which is presumably where most of the players will come from i mean maybe it'll go on console as well so i yeah maybe that'll be better for better received by by those players too but you know microtransactions outside of mobile gaming are pretty much universally uh reviled so but outside of that um they do seem to the apparently their games have had pretty good reception in general so they're coming from a fairly solid funding base to decide to make this it's not like they're a startup studio but they've got successful games so they're making money online at the moment so they could see it through properly um secondly it's in ue5 so unreal right. engine using unreal 5 which is partly the reason why the game looks so good yeah um yeah in, in karma's video he like pointed out like there's a bunch of the tree shots from like long distance where like everything's casting shadows out to like really you know really long distances which is part of like the ue engine there's like yes you've Church is showing the, some of the healing animations at the moment, which look kind of like Tarkov slash DayZ. Um, like that basically looks like a CMS kit <laughs> from Tarkov, pretty much one to one. So, like, it looks like it's got some cool features. Apparently, so it's again, it sounds similar to DayZ more so in some ways because it's like a 42 kilometer square and the world lives while you're not online, which again is very DayZ like. You know, it's not like instance based, it's um, an open world like, like DayZ. So I don't know, but there's like three factions. It's PMC orientated. Um, you know, players have got like different gear on them in the trailer. Um, what they said was, Great Zone Warfare is an immersive tactical first-person shooter with a maximum focus on realism. Well, you know how, how toxic that can be. <laughs> but become part of a private military company and navigate an expansive open-world setting alone or in a squad. Adapt to your surroundings, use tactics to your advantage, and fight for survival against other human operators and AI-controlled enemies. So... I don't know. Like it, we'll see. But there's like there's a looting element as well. Um, they are currently hiring a game economy designer Saw for that. the team. So that also indicates that they're taking that a bit more. Like you wouldn't need that to make DMZ, for example. Whereas like you would need it if you were intending to make the economy more of a feature, which is. Which really is one of the reasons why Tarkov is the game it is, right? Like, I don't think the other games have lent enough into the economy, actually. And okay, I, I, yeah, I can agree with that. and that kind of stuff. I, th- I think it's a really big part of why the game ends up being the way it is, and why it's so addictive. People like seeing number go up, and um, <laughs> and money is meaningful. As much as we want to dislocate the ruble meta, partly why people like the game, you know, make the money and then use the money to buy stuff. It's, you know, we have top tier stuff restricted, but maybe if we restrict everything, like maybe hardcore Tarkov would suck. But that aside not going off into a huge tangent it i mean i'm intrigued let me put it that way yeah i'm intrigued it it i mean it looks really good uh graphically mm. which is cool 
Um, I mean, I was looking at the inventory and like the the modding on this M4, and like you know, as you said, a lot of the healing stuff. I mean, I get it. Some of this stuff is like, you know, it's the same source materials, only so much can be different. But like, even the modding UI looks very Tarkov, like almost one for one. Like how yeah. he's dragging these attachments on here and where, like how it's visually set up UI design wise. Which for me is kind of a red flag. This is like, it's something oh, I'm a little probably. concerned about. Yeah, it's like you know, I don't know. I'm kind of worried that it's going to be more. This is the thing. It's like with the uh, what's marathon. I'm you know hoping that they will innovate. You know, do some iterate, do something different. You know, take take your shot. I don't want to play Tarkov 2.0. You know, well. I feel like, oh, you do? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Maybe? I mean, sure. Me, personally, I just, I don't know if I really want to play Tarkov 2.0. I feel like that was one of the downsides of the cycle, is like, it really was Tarkov 2.0, but in space. It's like, hey, here's Quest. Guess what? They're the same exact boring thing. Go here, loot, mm. loot, you need these items. Here's the hideout. You need these items. You know what I mean? It's like the same, same stuff. I don't know. It's just I the one. Well, and what was the thing everyone liked about the cycle was the extracts. The the yeah. instant uh, infills instant and inf the and like colon extracts. Yeah, yeah. I mean the colon extracts probably not the thing I was actually meaning to say, but the 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 worlds, how the world was set up, the servers, hmm. instant infills. You know, and I just think they should have leaned way more into that stuff, like. You know, stand out a bit more. They did the same like generic armor class system. The damage system was whack, so I guess you know that was a bit of a miss. Something they would do different. But anyways, I don't know. I just would like to see some iteration. But overall, that's the thing, though. I feel like you could get the same kind of. You could get something like that here, right? Where it's like there's the little bird. You know, there's helicopters and things. I don't know exactly how that's gonna work, but it, like the trailer opens with with players being like helicoptered into the area. So you could, I mean, I, you, you can imagine it as a kind of Daisy Tarkov, like the cycle combo where it's like, it's a Daisy style map, but you infill in instantly into a constantly ongoing server and then, you know, come back to, I don't know, a safe zone or a Tarkov style inventory or, or I don't, I don't know, whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like it feels like you could maybe like pick the best of everything and make something really cool using yeah, the new tech. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, like, who knows yet? We don't know. We don't know anything about the game, right? So, but uh, no, this is actually a expansive living open world. Explore a sprawling 42 kilometers squared of the, Demo the Democratic Republic of Lamang, a fictional Southeast Asian country inspired by the stunning landscapes of L Laos. Uh, utilize exploring landing zones. Don't know what landing zones means, and helicopters to move through a persistent world that keeps on living even when you're not playing which yeah mm -hmm. big thumbs up for me there i like that i think <laughs> depends sometimes rating can be pretty toxic if they have raids but this yeah anyways that's all that's all another can of worms the other thing i saw was uh secure container god damn it <laughs> <laughs> why i mean i maybe know why you know what they're gonna maybe do it's okay maybe it's locked i mark my word you know what they're gonna do well, They're gonna sell container packages. Mark my word, dude. Mark my word. Church uh, at eleven oh nine oh nine a.m. 
Eastern Standard Times, November 3rd, 2023. He called it. Oh, people will pay for that. Tarkov is showing that that's... Yeah, that's the that. thing. It's like, people buy it. Mm-hmm. Why would you not do it? Mm-hmm. Can't really fault them. But yeah, I don't know. It's the first one of these that I'm like, ooh, this could look good, actually. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to be following along. What's seeing the, how it goes. What's the projected date? Was it 2024? Did I see a date somewhere? It says 2024. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's see, man. So, I don't know. Yeah, like I think of of the ones of all the games we've seen so far, I think this one and We the People are probably the ones that I want to keep an eye on the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one looks really good. Visually. It's just the fact that it looks great Even... visually, right? That's like that's part of it. People ask me all the time, like, "Oh, you know, you should go and do this raid at night. Don't go and do this thing at night. Go and do that at night." And I'm just like, "Yeah, that's probably the meta for completing whatever it is that I need to do. I just don't like looking at it." Look at the same punch. What do you think of this? I think there's the same punch on this Ironside M4. On there when it jumps up. Yeah. I mean, it's not blurring, so it's not good, right? It's not realistic. (laughs) I think I thought that the recoil actually looked okay. That's what I'm thinking. The recoil looks very... It looks like Call of Duty. That's that's my point, right? It's like it bounces, but you don't like go off target, so to speak. It's like random around. Your gun doesn't, doesn't pivot 90 degrees yeah yeah we haven't yeah. i mean we don't i don't think we see a full auto spray in here we see a lot of semi-auto but even but, still it looks okay yeah. there's no jump there's no vertical jump like there is in tarkov right. i don't know it looks kind of cool so yeah i don't know <sighs> i got i was getting lots of good vibes looking at it let's put it that way from what i've seen so far which from it's a very short trailer we don't really know it was i mean all of this of like people slow walking around i'm just like we know from EFT that that's just not how people play these games, right? So you have to take those like cinematic shots of three players moving in or walking in the open. Like this, you have to take that with a pitch of salt because that just never occurs. Unless you're playing, and unless that's the, the PVE element, which it could be. But well, yeah, I, think... I don't know, man. It's cool. Like the thing that excites me about this is that it looks like it's coming from a solid base. Like they're you know, well they're using UE5. They're well-funded, you know, they probably have access to resources that, like, a new dev team are, like, just figuring out. You know, like, you, right. you look at the, as much as, um, as much as I'm sure they're doing great stuff and it's, uh, you know, I'm excited for them and I hope that they do well. You look at the We The People thing and it's like, I shared that thing previously of them making that PDA and they're like, you know, we're, they're still investing in the, tech, in the technology of making the game, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? They're like, this is the shortest we've ever got a game asset down from, like, you know, in, we got the whole thing from production to da da in three days. Whereas, like, these dudes, these dudes are making games already. Like, they know how to make games. Maybe not for PC, but they've got experience in actually producing full games and releasing them already. There's a, there's a base of knowledge there that doesn't need to be learned from scratch, which gives me some hope for them, so long as they do it in the right way and it's not... They could, they could screw it up in a thousand ways, right? <laughs> make it really predatory on pay to win. They could do all sorts of things and make the game toxic and terrible to play. Sure. But there's... For me so far, there's all the... It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like um, some kind of like chemistry experiment, you know? It's got all the right <laughs> ingredients, but we yeah, just got to shake it up yeah. now and see whether it explodes or not. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's... potential. For sure, for sure. It's got potential, and that potential could be scuppered or it could end up being something beautiful. And uh, I think that of all the games that I've seen so far, this one probably looks like it has the, the capacity to be great, maybe, if they do it right, which... Even the player base don't know really what that means. So they just have to do the thing they want to do, release it, 
we'll play it and we'll decide if it's good or not. But I think it has the potential to be good, maybe, in some universe. I think a lot of devs don't really know either. Like, people just make stuff and things sort of accidentally end up being brilliant. Like, we've talked about this before, right? It's like most of the best games are all mods for stuff. Because 10,000 10, people made a mod and one of them was good. And then they ran with it, you know? So yes, uh, Dota um, and League, you know, all of those things. It's just Tarkov never expected to be this, the game that it is today. Like, these were things all sort of accidents, right? Like StarCraft 1 became accidentally the best RTS esports in the world, kind of by mistake. Like that, that's not what the devs had in mind. The game just, the, the emergent yeah. player behavior just ended up that way. I mean, I would say Tarkov's success in many ways is a quote-unquote accident. I think so. They, they definitely hit, no one else was doing what they did, and they definitely hit something. They struck gold, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think you can really, you can't really engineer it either. Like if yeah. you try to over-engineer the, the, the fun or engineer the brilliance or engineer the complexity, mm. you suck something out of these games. StarCraft 2 was very much like that, in my opinion. You know, there's lots of things that made StarCraft 1 brilliant. That StarCraft 2 was a good, it was a very solid game. Don't get me wrong. But there are some of those elements that are hard to, like they just sort of happen by chance to make the game brilliant and give clutch moments and yada yada. And when you try to engineer that, it's like, you know, nearly impossible. And not for want of trying. You know, it's just hard. It's just hard. Like you're, you're trying to engineer something and you're going up against natural selection. You know, there were, there were you know, hundreds of RTSs released and one of them became like the esports king. It's like, okay, well, you're now going to have to manufacture that <laughs> like manually on purpose. Right. Like even with all the world's resources for these games companies, for these big AAAs, it's so hard to do it. It's just so hard to do that because you're again you're you're fighting against natural selection. You're fighting against the one game that was picked out of ten thousand games that were created and did okay or failed or whatever to be that one game that people could put ten thousand hours into. Like it's it's just there's there's a something there, right? And it's like it's it's timing, it's the player base, it's the people who are playing it at the right it's the right place at the right time. Like there's just it's it's history. Like are people you know is your game intuitive enough to people understand it enough to you know, can people watch it? People want to play it. People feel, uh, and, and it's yeah, it's, it's so there's so much to it. You can't ever really do that. So, yeah, again, like I never have high expectations for any of these things because it's just like I'm just happy any time I see another one in development, honestly, because it gives yeah. you another chance. You get another roll of the dice. It's something brilliant coming out. Yeah, my only concern there is just that you know, I think historically, new thing will arrive on scene insanely popular whether it's you know counter-strike fortnite dota uh team fortress 2 you know whatever the case may be and it's like you get all these clones and it's not really anything new or exciting it's just like they're securing small subsections of the market you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah it, and it's like not until someone actually steps out of the box and does something that's kind of my my thing is, you know, why I'm a little more hesitant on something like what you showed me with gray. What's it called? Gray matter. Gray zone. Gray zone. Gray zone. Yeah, because it just it just kind of looks like it's sticking a little. And I understand, you know, the Tarkov source material. You can only diverge so far from that until you start getting like space. You know what I mean? Then you can really, you know. But I don't know. I I always like to see good. uh iteration and 
innovation and you know just new ideas so i, I hope we get some of that mm-hmm. in this but speaking yeah. of space i did want to comment on a tweet you posted about which was in regards to marathon mm-hmm. how wrong button how <laughs> <laughs> allegedly some destiny youtubers reporting that bungie had Escape from Tarkov streamers play Marathon, and they did, did not seem interested in the game. Bungie asked them if they wouldn't play Marathon if released tomorrow, and no one raised their hand, <laughs> which was like, when I saw this, I was just like, oh my god, you know, I'm going to need to bust out all the tanks of Copium right now and start huffing, dude, because I, this was the one title that I was like, okay, you know, it's Bungie, you know, I like classic Bungie, new Bungie, I, it's like foreign to me, but whatever, this is like, you know, I've been like sucked into it a little bit, you know, with like the marketing, the the, the visual presentation. That was yeah. really cool. And I was just like, hopefully they're going to do something really different and unique. But this and maybe they did. And maybe the Tarkov people just hate it. But I was looking through and I saw Landmark comment and he said, never played it. This is my first time hearing that anyone else has. And someone, let's see, uh, one pick says there were two people that played it. This is not right. It's played. So a lot of people are like speculating like who played it, you know. Um and yeah. I think someone said which was kind of my suspicion. Um and they had a similar suspicion it was like maybe it was Dr. Lupo that played it, which cuz he has some links of Bungie mm. and Destiny in the past. Mm-hmm. Which would surprise me, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I Yeah. I just hope that one's something special different at the very least doesn't even have to be good just just be different <laughs> it's kind of two sides to this story i think for me which is a i did actually go and watch the video the source video where this was from oh, okay. um, in the end because somebody commented on my post and was just like you know the guy's like well respected and doesn't just say stuff for nothing i didn't know who he was um but i was like okay i'll go and watch it then so like i went and watched it and saw what he said and i think it, it is probably right to say that if you play a game in pre-alpha which is like got two years of development left and somebody asks you if this game came out tomorrow would you play it like would you play it on stream or whatever i think right. for people to say no to that i don't think that necessarily tells reasonable. us anything yeah it probably doesn't tell us anything right right um but then on the other side you've got the fact that bungie's basically like fired everyone yeah which makes you wonder like who knows what impact that has on the game um so there's kind of two sides to it it's just like given that i wouldn't necessarily yeah get up the copium tanks for bungie exactly at this point (laughs) with with that because they seem to have let go quite a lot of people yeah relatively recently so was that bungie or was that sony's doing i can't remember the details don't know but either which way a lot of people disappear yeah unfortunate Mm. rip those individuals yeah. Um, yeah, because what did One Pig say? Because One Pig did say something else. He like seemed to have a source of it, at least. What was his? What did he actually write? It's probably quite hard to find it because he he writes many many things on Twitter. Um, <laughs> let's see if he posted underneath. Let me see. He says there was way more than just Tarkov players at the event. Right. So that it, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe it's like a wider audience and like specifically the Tarkov people didn't like it. Oh yeah, okay. So this is the proper this is the quote tweet he did. So he said I know two Tarkov content creators that participated. I was told there were ten in total. 
There were many more people there that had nothing to do with Tarkov. They're all under NDA, so aren't saying anything, and I'm not throwing them under the bus. The game is two years out. However, at the time they played it, it was not good, quote-unquote. Most of the creators that participated in the focus group that was held on-site at Bungie's studio had nothing to do with Tarkov and were mostly centralized around Apex, Pod, etc. I was informed that when asked if anyone would play the game slash enjoy the game as it stood now, meaning at the time it was tested, that no one raised their hand. Again, it's two years out and the focus group was like six months ago. I highly doubt they the results of this and the news surrounding it is a nothing burger. Okay. I, I think it's, I think it's, I agree with, with one peg based on everything I've read. I think it's just, I think it's just headline bait. Right. More than anything else. Because, I mean, I think the vid, I think the YouTube video is valid, but this, like, who, who actually put the tweet out? It was like some news reporting. Destiny tracker. Oh, okay. I don't, uh, okay. I'm not sure whether they're legit or not. But anyway, it's, it sounds like headline bait to me more than anything else. So stick your copium back in and just keep up for the next two years. By which point we'll have grey zone, so it won't matter, right? Because we're all going to be playing that. True. <laughs> sure. Well, when's, when is we the people supposed to be coming out? Like that's really hard. Might though. be cooking for a minute. <laughs> Probably, yeah. If you try to find like we the people is is like the worst SEO right. name for a game ever because you try right. to type it in and you find like thousands of different community actions and like protests and all sorts of stuff. Yes, yeah, it, it is just it is just early access, I believe. Mm. The year is 2028. I wonder whether that's... <laughs> maybe 2028 will come and go before... Well, that's, you know, that's early for a, a game in early access. To set your game only five years in the future, that's quite... As far, I mean, as far as Tarkov goes, we'd have actually surpassed the game's date. Yeah, wasn't BSG <laughs> wanting to make... Uh, what was it? Tarkov 2024 or Tarkov 20... Was it 2024 or 2028? I, I think it was Russia 2028. That was it, yeah. Oh, Russia 2028. Okay, okay, yeah. Mm. So we got another... what? Five years for till that deadlines. Yeah, I guess okay. I guess they got plenty of time. Why early access? Our game is incredibly ambitious and may take some time to achieve the final product. So we don't know when We the People is coming. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, at least I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm looking out for it, but I'm, I'm not uh, keeping up with it like day to day or anything. So yeah, you know what? I think Grey Zone is probably the next best thing that we have in the short term. Like if it does come out next year then maybe that's the next thing that we're going to actually be able to play. That's Tarkov slash Daisy slash open, free-roaming, survival, immersive, realistic, hardcore, FPS, multiplayer, MMO. What, I, I, can you think of any other labels? I've run out. <laughs> no. Strategy. Immersive. Realistic. Gamer. <laughs> A game, a game. Yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Um, well, I think, again, we kind of ran out of time <laughs> to uh, do the comments. But we'll, we'll get them, keep them coming, you know, we'll keep them coming. It's mostly just interesting tidbits from uh, previous episodes. I thought it was like, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll read one you off. Do one. Do one. Do one. one. We've got to get started somewhere. Uh, okay, uh, I'll do this one. Uh, no, I'll do this one. Okay, regarding the scav topic. So I think this was in relationship to one of the casts where we t- I, I brought up the uh, very popular idea of nerfing scavs. I know a lot of people really, really like... No, surprisingly, a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, I, here's, here's a reasonable thing. So this person says, Dad1996W says, regarding the scav topic, 
I think we're talking about making a comeback as a PMC. The scav mechanic is kind of necessary. But it would definitely be, be a solution to just make every scav, every item a scav takes out to not be found in raid. That at least slows down some quests with found in raid items. But to be honest, I think it's fine how it is right now. Which, you know, I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I think it's like kind of a... It's like a very... I don't know. It's like a very low tier list of priorities issues. You know what I mean? What the scav having finding raid items or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would just say just how like good scav is in general. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, here's your two options. Do we uh, buff aim punch or do we nerf scavs? I'm going to say we buff that. <laughs> My vote goes to buff aim punch. By buffing, I mean nerfing it. Like making aim yeah. punch better. <laughs> I'm kind of you know of the I mean? opinion that, like, with Scav, you at least have to, like, you have to do the work, you have to go and do the thing. Like, yeah, you can kind of cheese it through Factory if you want, but, like, you have to go and actually do the thing, and it makes the game a little bit easier just to, like, get resources and stuff so people can mm. use better kits. Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily that big of a deal. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say it does make certain parts of it easier for questing, but again, there's already so many quests, and there's only so much that the Scav can help you with. I don't think it's like game breaking. It just makes certain right. certain parts easier. So I think it probably is fine how it is. But you know, you can certainly get extremely rich. I know there's people who say, "Oh, you know, I've not really played that much, but I'm only like level sixteen or seventeen or whatever." But I've got like thirty million rubles because I just keep playing Scav Streets and I've just got tons of money. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's you basically just get free money playing playing Scav, and it's it's so much easier. It's like I said a couple of episodes ago, probably quite a few now. Playing Scav Streets is so chill and so easy because playing Streets of PMC, you just get shot constantly by Scavs. They're everywhere. Whereas, like, as a Scav, you just wander around. It's just like your hometown, you know? Occasionally, you run into a player and you're like, oh my God, I've actually met somebody who's, like, you know, trying to fight back. Mm. But um, it's a very chill experience. I think it's maybe necessary just for giving people somewhere to go that is chill if you just want to do a, like, a casual run. I think you, if you, take away some of the scav. I mean, I guess, yeah, making this stuff non-finding raid, that's, people will still probably do it, but it's nice for people to have something to do that's not just, like, sweaty PMC raids, which is why I feel, feel like it's kind of okay. Um, and then, like, it's almost sort of self-balancing, too, because, like, players who are more skilled, more experienced, or the streamers, or whatever, they tend to play PMC only. So it's, I but think yeah, it kind of balances really out, right? Need... Well, like, the option's always there, but you don't really need it. Yeah, and, and you tend to just how... be like working on quests and stuff. So you're just like, well, I'd rather just play only PMC. So like the more experience you get, typically the less scav you play. So I feel like it's almost self-balancing in some ways. Yeah. I mean, my my main gripe with it, I don't really have a problem with like found and raid necessarily. Um well like I don't someone else had another solution. Okay, yeah, I'll read this one. Bird three seven five. They can make uh, scav CIS, which stands for covered in shit. <laughs> so you can only sell defense or use in quests, but you can't sell in fleet or lose a lot of money without compromising the quest help. Which I actually like that solution the most because for me, it solves the issue I have with it while still like keeping a lot of some of the primary value, I would say. Um, which my issue is like, I never have to worry about money because I can just scav. So, like, mm. I'm always, like, especially in these, like, past couple of wipes, I've been operating on, like, <laughs> five-digit 
rubles, you know, yeah. like 10,000, 50,000, whatever. It's just like, if I ever need money, I just scab and it's like, boom, easy money. Um, especially, you know, obviously level 15 is a huge, the flea market is really what's kicking that up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like that would be like something there is like just a nice little like tweak that way it's like makes, but again, this is like, it's, it's, it's a very like, you know, it's one of these like things, issues where it's like priority wise, it's very low down on the list. In yeah. Reality, you know, like. As I said, if you give me those two options, I'm always going to pick the aim punch every single time. Um, like, I think probably we could do with more buffs than nerfs in Tarkov at the moment. Mm. <laughs> the way the way things are set up, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that makes sense. Yeah, so like when people come up with like amazing ideas for stuff and it's like, oh, you know, they could do this or that or they could do, you know, even like I was talking about X-Fills and it's like, that's great, but like that's probably not going to get worked on, right? It's like not core to what needs to get done to make the game get to 1.0 yeah so. we gotta get armor hit zones first mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, oh god and it, you know what we could have armor hit zones in literally as little as like seven weeks six weeks really because i was thinking about oh, this the other yeah, day right? yes yeah, it's november right. the third right. damn that's crazy we're having a december wipe as part as far as nikita said so technically december is in one two three four weeks yeah so December and... the first white, four weeks time, armor hits us. No, but it's probably gonna be like mid December, if not end of December. Um so yeah, it could legitimately be like six weeks, right? And we're talking about armor hip zones and vaulting and left shoulder shooting and all of the other elements that are all fully completed and totally functional are definitely gonna work perfectly when the patch drops. Yeah. Nikita said at the um TwitchCon event that I can't remember his exact wording, but it's something he was like, he was really proud or really excited for what's coming. Um, so yeah. He tweeted, I think. Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, I think it wasn't anything in particular. Maybe that was about Halloween, but um, what did he post? He said, oh, it literally is just out of nowhere. She's not referencing anything. It says end of this year is going to be huge. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. He definitely posted that, but uh, with no context. Huge with two U's as well. Huge. That's like soon, soon, but the huge version. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The, the experience. It will be something to experience in the Tarkov history books. You know, it's like experience. I got to get in a little bit when uh, Hatchling was was <laughs> was rampant. Then we got the Founder Raid stuff. Uh, you know the recoil. You know the recoil rework. What else has been an experience? The the Oculus audio has been experienced, which. Mm-hmm. I just have to. I just have to mention this because it's killing me. Um, you know, as you know, there is. I have Oculus Audio and Tarkov SP as well, and uh, the one thing that's just killing me is like the lo- okay localization is bad, right? Sure, but the one thing that is absolutely just driving me bonkers is the freaking false flags for like the bullet cracking whiz sound, like you're getting shot at. That mm-hmm. gives me so many false jump scares, and like I constantly have to check. And then, like when it actually is happening to me, and I'm actually am getting shot at, it's like causes confusion. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the one thing that is driving me bonkers. That because I haven't played Tarkov in you know a couple of months ish, maybe yeah. maybe two two months, month and a half. And that's just like wow, I can't remember how annoying this is. Like that it's that's so it, bad. If they could just do that, I will be. Utopia, like my life will have improved. You know, I will have like 
become a successful CEO of a company. Like, you know, just just do that one thing. Please. I I will deal with the terrible localization. Just that one part would make it so much more. You know what's the worst part? I used what? to complain about it all the time. And I'm so used to it now, I kind exactly. of forgot about it. And now I, now I play into it where I'm just like, I hear it and I'm just like, oh, that's shots from the road camp through the mountain. Like, so I know that it's not me. Like, I'm, oh I'm just God. like, I'm yeah. at the point now where like, I kind of know when it isn't, isn't happening. Wow. It's terrible. Like, I've even stopped complaining about it. Like, it's just absorbed into the things you have to deal with to play the game category. That's it's bad, actually. That's that's, it reminded me to complain about it more. <laughs> yes. Good. I, I did good then. <laughs> mm, mm. you reminded me how how awful it is because it is really it's terrible i hate it all right i think that concludes today's episode as always thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you all next week catch you later <laughs>